0: You're listening to Minor Talk, on demand, exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. All right, we are back for one more time this season. Minor Talk is live. Western Kentucky defeats UTEP 7367 in the first round of the Conference USA Tournament. I'm joined by Sal Montes, co-host of Minor Talk, for one last time this season UTEP Zay, who's joined us for this UTEP Athletics season for the first time, and he's wrapping up this minor Talk year with us here on the show. Uh, Guys, it's very fitting that the game in which we just witnessed really embodied the entire season. Uh, Miners played well. We've seen uh, great runs from them throughout this game, and uh, throughout the entire season, We've seen them go through scoreless droughts all year long. We've seen them let opponents come back into games and we've seen uh, close game situations in which the miners see a game just slip right uh, you know between their hands. This game was at one point 70 to 67. Western Kentucky led it late in the game. Uh, UTEP had no business, by the way, cutting it to three points, but Shamar Givens hit a three-pointer. He was fouled, which, by the way, he missed that free throw. Then Western Kentucky on the inbound traveled. Uh, I didn't think it was a travel necessarily, but they called it. UTEP had a chance with 23 seconds left to tie the game. Uh, A quick pass to Shamar Givens. He had a bad shot on his side. Uh, Then they get the offensive rebound, and Tay Hardy ends up having a good look, but misses a three-pointer. No luck. UTEP has never had a go-to guy when they needed a bucket all year long. And as a result, um, Western Kentucky is able to finish the game out at the end, when 73-67. to 67, It was a back-and-forth matchup. This one featured nine lead changes. Two times this game was tied and the Miners led by as much as 16 points in the first half but they led that they let that uh first half lead evaporate close to the end of the first half and then to start the second half did not like how the Miners uh came out in Frisco as a result we see the season come to an end Miners will have to pack up head home early from Frisco and uh Sal this is how we end the 2022-2023 season for UTEP men's basketball how will you remember this
1: year you know what Adrian oh. Let's see test 1 2. There we go. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, the the way I'll, I'll remember this season the most is kind of like um you could watch a large portion of the games and see the the consistent issues that took place with this team right just having issues with the free throws turnovers and I think today although they were more successful uh let me just make sure I'm I'm speaking facts here uh yeah more successful in taking care of the ball than they were giving it away um you know they were they were good in that part but for a large part of the season right that was the main issue or or it was one of three pressing issues turning the ball over a lot not making your free throws and not getting uh, three-pointers so coach Golding said it best you know on the um on the post game show how two of those things They knocked out But one of them They weren't able To get over that hump But I think Through a large part Of the year One of those three things Sometimes one Sometimes two Or maybe all three That was the main issue So you could watch The last game Which was this one here and kind of get an embodiment for what the whole season was like.
0: Yeah, it really was. You got a chance to see uh, all the different ones, uh, all the different things and the issues and the problems that we saw all year long between this UTEP men's basketball program to where they, they just, uh, they, they all those problems and issues were displayed, and they were in a full showing in today's matchup. That was just kind of the bottom line for this UTEP men's basketball team and for uh, the minors just unable to pull this one out. I thought they were going to win. At the end of the first half, I loved the way that the Miners were fighting. I thought they had a great game plan against Western Kentucky. It was kind of like offensively, um, you know, ping it around to some of their bigs, Calvin Solomon, uh, Zarek Onyema in the second half. And in the first half, they relied on the shooting from Tay Hardy uh, and guys like Shamar Givens to really help out and lead the way. But that was kind of their game plan going into this one. Defensively, they shut down McKnight in the first half. In the second half, he got hit his, uh, but really trying to get uh, Jamarian Sharp the big guy, the seven foot five guy, to the free throw line as much as possible, kind of hack a shack, and uh, he was six of twelve from the free throw line. So they were successful there, but nonetheless, um, you know, falling in this game. Zay, I'll ask you the same question that I just asked Sal. It's a tough one. It's a loaded question right there when you just know what this UTEP men's basketball team had or didn't have this year. How will you remember this season?
2: Yeah, I'm going to remember this season. Uh... A lot of different ways, a lot of different words you can you can say, but they just didn't have that guy, right? They didn't have that guy. We saw it the whole year. We saw it, you know, the Kent State game. Shamar goes to the rim, denied, and, and UTEP loses a game that, hey, they probably should have won. They had a chance to win at the end. And there's countless other games that, that went down like that. So UTEP just didn't have that score. And even if they did, would it have, how, how different would this season have gone if they had right. a, a talented scorer?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I I don't know if that would have made that much of a difference. But I'll tell you who could have made a difference in this one. And it's always the what could have been, the what should have been, and all that kind of stuff. We can even – you know, all year, all offseason, we were talking about the guys they lost – 10 different players, you know, they lose Jamal B. Enemy, they lose Sule Boom, they lose Keontae Kennedy, uh, the three main players from last year's team, they lose all three of them uh, going into this year. But one of the key losses this year, and it can't be understated, is Mario McKinney Jr. I think uh, the coaching staff and UTEP, you know, as as a whole, thought that they would get a lot more from Mario McKinney Jr., from transferring over from New Mexico State here to UTEP, but instead he he uh, doesn't really have continuity in terms of his playing. Uh, he, he pretty much gets indefinitely suspended through the final stretch of the season and doesn't play the final, what, two months of the year? And UTEP, uh, I mean, that was just a disappointment right there. It, it was something that they banked a lot in, uh, somebody who could have really made a difference for them. I don't know if he could have made this team a top five team in Conference USA because uh, they still lacked a lot of different things but still i, I think the absence of, ha- of having somebody like mario mckinney just a, a go-to scorer so a fifth option uh at the very minimum really hurt the miners down the stretch uh sal we were talking in this game multiple yeah. times wondering man who's that that last guy in the rotation that the miners put in for this game
1: yeah and um for lack of a better phrase, and there we go, perfect. So, apologies, it was my fault. <laughs> no, nah, it was to definitely line. mine. All good, um, but uh, yeah, no. W- with uh, with Mario McKinney, I think early on in the year when when he was active on the team, um, you could see that there was just something different about him where kind of carried himself to be that go-to guy with the ball in, in crunch time or to kind of provide an offensive spark. Um, for, Unfortunately, it didn't pan out that way, didn't finish the season as an active player. And I, and I say all this because uh, we were looking at the roster <laughs> before the game, and he's still listed on there, so... I mean do with that what you will but ultimately yeah that that go-to offensive guy whether it be a guard or a forward whatever the case was they never really had that all year they had they had a lot of Swiss army knives right guys who can do a lot of different things well or you know a couple of things well but ultimately they needed a go-to scorer and all year they they didn't really have that and I say all year because he was part of the team earlier Ron and um there were still some times that um you know they didn't get that from him unfortunately
0: I completely agree with you there Sal um I just want to mention this: uh, UTEP loses in the first round of the Conference USA tournament to Western Kentucky, seventy-three to sixty-seven. A big special thanks to the Oscaride at the agency for sponsoring us all year long here on Minor Talk. Uh, love what they do at the Oscaride at the agency. I use them for my auto and home insurance. I have bundled and saved, and I'm a perfect example of a. Uh, you know, a satisfied customer with the Oscar Arieta agency. They have several locations across El Paso. They're on the west side of El Paso, all the way to the far east of El Paso, and even in Fabens and Horizon. So, check them out online, Oscar Arieta Agency. I want to also mention this is our final edition of Minor Talk. So if you want to get in on the show, literally this is the time to do it. 915 505 6009. Or you could tweet the show 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Sal, Zay, myself. We will be here with you answering questions, taking calls. Uh, and we've got big ones. we got big questions and loaded questions for you. How will you remember this season? Where did the season go wrong? And uh, later on, on in the show, of course, we're going to give our top five players that we want back for next year, kind of our offseason wish list from the current roster who's here for the UTEP, and then we'll give a little preview to tomorrow's UTEP women's basketball game. That one tips off at 10 30. Uh, Zay will definitely give us some good breakdowns on this one on how he sees it as he's covered UTEP women's basketball all year long. Uh, So we'll do all that and plenty more. Our telephone number again, 915-505-6009. Let's get the phone line started first. Then we'll go to Twitter. Let's go to Trolley, who's going to join us here to talk some UTEP hoops first. Trolley, good evening. What's going on?
3: Adrian, what's up, Sal? What's up? UTEP Zay, what up?
0: Hey, what's going on, Trolley? It's great to hear from you, man. How you doing?
3: i'm good well i'm I'm good, I'm good, but I'm livid, bro, I'm livid, I'm livid on this whole season. the outcome, whatever it was you saw it, you saw it in the tea leaves, you know, yeah, it happened. I was always crossing my fingers that they could pull it out, but whatever, I am so frustrated with this season. you had a question on how I'm gonna remember it, I'm not bro, I'm going to forget it, I'm gonna finish my day drinking. And forget this whole freaking season. Yeah, I hear <laughs> now, you,
0: Charlie. I get it.
3: I sent you a tweet, and I said last year, because now I'm more upset about last year. Because last year we had Keontae Kennedy, Jamal Biennemi, Sule Boom, and even Titus Verhoeven, can, who can give you six at ten points a game. Four dudes that are better than any of the four dudes that we got. I like Solomon. Um and we could only get a four seed and only win one game in CUSA. So now I'm upset about last year even more. <laughs> this year, hey, whatever, we were second to dead last, which, how does that happen, bro? How does that happen? The well, first place team is 28 and three, FAU, when they sell out, they get three grand. In a bad year, Utah gets three grand. What up, bro? Yeah, What's no, going I'm. On
0: hey, hey, bro. I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, as far as. Uh, last year's team, and getting a little bit more frustrated about just reflecting back to last year and how maybe you fe- felt like they fell short of expectations. Look, I thought last year, to be honest with you, knowing everything that went on behind the scenes, Trolley, you gotta trust me on this one, um, I think they overachieved. And I think I'm. Y- you have to understand that last year's team had a lot of personalities, and it was hard to get balance a lot of those personalities together between uh, those names that you mentioned right there, those Those list of players that you miss from last year's team, uh, those guys were hard to deal with off the court. Um, I would say, with the exception of Sule Boom, I I knew him off the court. I knew him on the court. He was a stand-up dude, no matter what. But even him, I mean, there was a sense of, "Hey, I've got to get my shots. I want to be this certain player. I know who I am as as a scorer." So he was, you know, not necessarily entitled, but he felt like he was, uh, you know, he was, I I guess, earned some of those shots that he ended up taking. Last year, but Trolley, how many times did you listen to this show last year where people were complaining about Sule Boom, complaining about oh. Titus Verhoeven, or Keontae Kennedy and Jamal B. Enemy? It, it's kind of like you take these players for granted, and you know, the year before that it was Bryson Williams, uh, but you take these players for granted and you don't know what you lose until the player is gone, and that's just today's college basketball,
3: Adrian. I'll take your word for it on you know you knowing the inside and yes I do have a best friend that called Sule Boom that he lived at Brick City, and I was like you're wrong, but anyway there you go. Um, so I get that I get that part. Don't don't talk me off the ledge, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk oh, me off man. the ledge. I'm ready to jump. I'm hey, hang in there, Trolley.
0: Though. Hang in there, Trolley. Because look, I I mean I'm. I'm committed to this coaching staff as far as seeing their vision, seeing uh, beyond it. Just like you saw this team kind of get the most out of their players, you said it best. Uh, this team lacked in terms of talent. Only Calvin Solomon made that short list of players that you really liked over the past two seasons. And uh, if that means that UTEP, who, which was very, you know, That it lacked in talent this past season. If they got to where they did, maybe that's an overachievement for this year. Or maybe they just kind of, you know, they underachieved to where we thought they would start the season but knowing what they got out of their talent maybe you credit the coaching staff for getting the most out of this team i don't know it's kind of it's tough i hear it from all different perspectives and i understand how frustrated certain fans are hey i appreciate the phone call trolley thanks for weighing in on the show let's keep things moving here on the show 915-505-6009 that's our telephone number we've got two lines available let's go to twitter before we get to george um, let's uh this one coming in from minor Joe. Um, Actually, let's start things off with Pinky, as we usually do. Pinky tweets the show UTEP men's basketball season is over never quit attitude was obvious all season now the question is who is going to stay who's going to leave and who's coming in thanks 600 ESPN El Paso for airing the games and especially for minor talk Uh, Ant Flo at break them ankles tweets the show send all the players to the portal we need scores that can actually score. It's a little redundant, but I hear you. Uh, Poncho tweets the program UTEP men's basketball from up by 16 to losing by six. WTF, is it the players? Is Golding getting outcoached in the second half? Hashtag minor Talk. Um, I would say it's probably the first uh, there. It, maybe it's the players not being able to keep up with some of the other players on Western Kentucky and it not being a great matchup for the Miners. How would you yeah. guys look at it? Well, how would you guys
1: answer that one right there? Yeah, you know what? I think some of those same shots they were taking in the second half, and, and even then, kind of like the final stretch of the first half, they just weren't falling. And, and I say this looking at the at the numbers, right? Uh, 31 field goal attempts, and you make 14. They made 14 in the second half as well, but they also took five more shots shots, Um, they they were hotter from three in the first half, right? Five for 13. But some of those looks, uh, it kind of felt like the court got smaller in a way. Western Kentucky was reacting uh, a lot quicker uh, or they were being proactive, making UTEP react on offense. So I think it was kind of just a bit of both and and not really hitting the looks that you had in the second half. Um, Also, too, another thing is um, in the second half, a lot of the turnovers that they forced, which which wasn't many, and that's due to Western Kentucky taking good care of the ball, um, they couldn't convert when it came to fast break opportunities. So it it was a lot of things out there. And also, too, um, completely – out of left field, it has nothing to do with the game itself. But on paper, Western Kentucky might be the most talented team. Uh, but I think what Coach Stansberry's done this year, they've also underachieved at that. So you ask Western Kentucky fans listening to uh, to their show right now, they're going to be saying, "How could you barely squeak past UTEP?" You <laughs> know. Right. So um, I-, I think it was just a-, a whole bunch of different things.
0: Yeah, they have their own issues too. I mean, Western Kentucky was picked to be a top three team in Conference USA, and they've underachieved mightily. Do I expect them to compete against Florida? At Atlantic tomorrow? No, I nope. expect FAU yeah. to run with it, and I expect FAU to be a team uh, that can roll over the Hilltoppers, just like I would have expected them to beat UTEP in a significant way. Uh, Zay, I'll ask you the kind of the same question right there. What did you notice from first half to second half? Was it in-game adjustments? Was it coach getting out coached in this one? In your opinion, what did you think?
2: Yeah, I think I agree with Sal. A lot of the shots T tip was taking in the first half, they just they weren't falling and they weren't even there half of the time, right? U yeah. was having to, you know, really uh take some pretty rough shots and uh it was just it was a rough second half. You could see West Kentucky, they were just a better team down the stretch and even when U got within three uh, those final couple of seconds you kinda knew, Hey, they're not gonna be able to knock down a three, they're not gonna be able to do it. And, yeah. You know, so
0: when, when they started trailing, I mean, to your point, Zay, when they started trailing in this game, you felt like they couldn't come back. Who's going to score? Who's going to be that guy for them? You know, it's they didn't have that answer all year long. Yeah, you know, you could see
2: yeah when UTEP went down, you know, six at one point yeah you know I kind of you kind of knew right they, they, they're, they're not built to to come back down six with a with a couple minutes left it just wasn't no gonna happen no
0: they're not they're not built that way uh Jim Kell tweets to show finally a finale to a tough season good way to put it right there Jim. Steve on wrestler tweets the show. I see the effort. I see good defense at times. What I don't see is anyone taking over a game or any kind of leadership and that, and don't get me started on free throws. This season was an embarrassment. Hashtag minor talk. Oof, man, Stevon Ressler with some harsh words right there. But, hey, I, I hear where he's coming from. The defense was good at times. I like how he mentioned that at times because at other times the defense was kind of suspect for the miners. As far as any kind of leadership, Joe Golding has talked about the leadership this year and questioned it at times. Uh, I think Calvin Solomon could have been the de facto guy, but not very vocal as far as a leader. And maybe relying on Shamar Givens was good, but you may have needed more guys to step up and be leaders and other guys to just be bought into the to the leadership from guys like Givens or guys like Hardy. So uh, I think it's just different ways to kind of look at this. But yeah, I mean, good stuff there, Stevon Wrestler. Uh let's finally get back to the phones. George has been patiently waiting. Our telephone number 915-505-6009 to get into the show. George, good evening. What's happening?
4: Uh it it's, it's, it's uh, pretty disappointing, but you know, it it, it kind of encompasses the minor season. We we go out on Saturday and we have a a good showing, but you know, I I wasn't really expecting them to to go out and and uh, Pete, the Hilltoppers. I was hoping it was going to get close. And and at the start of the game, I I saw Hardy and and draining those threes. And 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 just came out in the second half, just like they did in in most games. They came out flat. They came out. Uh, just the Hilltoppers came out and, and just outplayed them. They outplayed them. They just let's be honest, they outplayed the Miners. And right. And in in a lot of in a lot of areas. Uh, like you said, you know everybody. Everybody sees the the elephant, but I mean, it, it's just when you don't have a, an elite scorer or somebody that, that you're gonna have to double team or gonna gonna go to when when the game's on the line that is gonna give you those critical points and it's gonna show the leadership as well, you know. Because uh, no matter what, Sule, when he was out on the on the court, he showed the composure. He he, uh, he was he was a leader, and he showed it. And and, and uh, game in and game out, we need that kind of player. We need a kind of player that has a chip on his shoulder. And uh, if it's maybe one or two, that's no problem. I don't think that the whole roster should be eliminated because you have a lot of bright stars on that team. There, there are some really good players. They just need a tweak, and, and they need a good scorer. I mean, let's be honest. Their Their defense is phenomenal. I mean, the, they 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 broke records in in uh, turnovers. I think it was Solomon and. Uh
0: yeah, Givens. Was the other one? Yeah, I you're think? exactly right. You're exactly. Those two were like the first two miners to have over 60 steel steals in a single season uh prior to like the mid-80s with Tim Hardaway right. and Jeep Jackson as far as a duo to do that. So, defense was there, George. Ta- like you're saying, first half was great. Tay Hardy's reigning threes. Miners are looking great. They're up by 16 points. They lead this game 22 to 9 at one point. I mean, they're just rolling. They they're playing some exceptional bat- basketball in the second half maybe they're gassed maybe they're tired I, for whatever reason they just were not able to hang on the effort was there and it was there all season long so you yeah. can't fault this team too much because they try so hard but it just was not enough trying is not winning and uh, i think that's something that we have to remember even if, if as harsh as that might sound
4: yeah and i mean the 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 team is is in itself is, it has a good core of, of players and and like I said before, you know you need that that outstanding you know player that that can go go out there and and get your points under pressure and and push the team to to elevate to a, a different level and you saw McKnight he was out there and he was sparking his team and and several other players on on the Hilltoppers uh, uh, team that that just did that to their team and and they elevated and they scored when they needed to score. And when we needed to score, yeah, we answered, but it was a little too late, too little, too late. And that's been the story the whole season long, too little, too late.
0: I like it. That's a good mic drop right there, George. Hey, I appreciate you for supporting us all season long here on Minor Talk. Your uh, your efforts here on this show were definitely um, noted, and we really appreciate it. So thanks so much for joining us and rocking with us all season long, George. I like how you ended that. Good mic drop right there uh, as we continue here on the show. 915 505 6009. That's our telephone number to get into the program. We lost Sarah, who was calling in on the show. We'd love to have her back on with the us. Uh, our telephone number as we continue, 915 505 6009. Let's get back to Twitter. Twitter's going crazy right now. 600 ESP El Paso on Twitter. Matthew Castro tweets the show. A disappointing year for UTEP men's basketball and UTEP football. Both programs trended downward. Only going to get tougher as UTEP cannot compete in the NIL transfer portal era with higher capital mid majors. Betting my money. Onyema transfers at Jim Center. Hashtag Minor Talk. Man, Um, why are you tagging Jim Center there, man? But uh, nonetheless, Um, that's a loaded tweet. I don't even know where to start with on that one. Okay, I'll just say this first off. Um, I like the fact that the Miners – are committed to an NIL collective because that tells me that they are committed to uh, applying money to some of these players and, and, uh, for the lack of a better term, paying for players to transfer or be recruited to UTEP. So I have full faith that UTEP will be doing that kind of stuff when it comes to their recruiting moving forward. Now, as far as betting my money on Onyema transferring, no. I'm not betting my money on Zarek Onyema transferring. I'm betting my money on other guys transferring maybe but not Zarek Onyema. He's in my um, – I mean, not to get ahead of my uh, ahead of things, but he's on my top five players I want back for next year. So uh, if I'm UTEP, I'm prioritizing keeping bigs, and Zarek Onyema is among that bunch. Uh, telephone number 915 6009 to get into the show. Two, two more tweets to get to. King Eric tweets the show, It's better they lost now versus them advancing and getting our hopes up and then getting smoked by Florida Atlantic. They need shooters and bigger, be- uh, and bigger big men. <laughs> That's funny. Another redundant tweet, but uh, good stuff there, Eric. David Castro tweets the show. Another disappointing year for UTEP basketball and football. I'm just worried about the future and stability of the program with NIL and conference realignment. There are many uncertainties. It feels like we are falling behind the curve. In athletics, guys, would you say that UTEP is behind the curve in athletics? We'll start with you, Zay. What do you think?
2: Yeah, they definitely are behind the curve. I think in conference, you would say, you know, they they don't have the, the facilities that you uh, that you like to have. In this conference, and um, I don't think it, it's a f- it, it comes down to nil. I think there's a lot there are a lot of factors that come down into that, right? And um, if you want to use NIL as an excuse why UTEP is is bad, go ahead. But it, it really isn't. There's, there's there's a plenty of other schools that are doing it with less resources, mm. and it's just a matter of hey you, they just weren't good this year. You know, when you lose that many players, you're not going to be that good.
1: Well put. Sal? Yeah, it's a variety of factors. NIL is one of them, Um, you know, guys going to other places because they they can secure a little bit of a bigger bag. But aside from that, though, what is the tradition of the place that they're going to? How well known are they in the mid-major ranks? Um, That can also play a factor, too. Like, I I don't know. It's just a scenario. I don't know if this is the exact case, but it it makes sense to me. Um, You know, let's say there's a couple to maybe um, some 10 grand, you know, for one place that they're offering more. But they don't have that established tradition. Maybe uh, they're just, you know, offering the money, but the coaching staff doesn't look promising. Whatever the case is, they can go somewhere and take less because they're going to win with that. Um, those are just a couple of uh, ideas yeah. there. But ultimately, uh, I-, I say this all the time. And as far as the transfer portal goes, just the transfer portal itself, nothing with NIL. Um I hear all the time how it's damaging UTEP, but I'll say this again and again and again. Some of the best players we've seen come to UTEP got here by way of what? The transfer portal. Let's reel it off. That's Su- right. Sule Boone. Transfer Ke- portal. Keontae Kennedy. Transfer portal. Uh, Jamal Biennemi. Transfer portal from Oklahoma, Power 5 School. Exact. Oh, how about this guy, Mr. G League himself, Ontario Clippers, Bryson Williams.
0: Exactly. There you, you go. You know transfer I mean? portal. And,
1: and these are just some names. There's a lot more out there. Um, there's some on this team <laughs> right now. That's how they built this team. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So it's, um, it's. I don't buy into that fully. Yes, it hurts them when those players leave, but it's also helped them when those players got here. So UTEP's been the beneficiary of the transfer portal uh, as well.
0: Back to the phones right now. Let's welcome on one of our favorites. It's Ronnie for the season finale. It's fitting we get a, a Ronnie call tonight night uh knowing that the season is over for utep men's basketball ronnie good evening welcome back to the show how you doing man
5: can i just say that i just love what you guys do and i appreciate everything you do for my um, (laughs) athletics. thank you you guys are the best
0: thank you ronnie i hey you're the best ronnie it's people like you who make this show uh a lot of fun so i appreciate it man give us your thoughts
5: you know um, i said it last year and i'm gonna say it this year i think uh Goldie's got to get a recruiter on staff, man. Like he's got to get a coach that has cut his teeth before. I don't care if he knows how to coach. I don't know if he has those responsibilities. I don't give a damn. He just got to get a guy to go get dudes, um, left and right. And that's that. That's it. Like I love Goldie. He's the right hire, but he's just not one of those guys who's ever going to be offensive oriented. Because that's not how his mind works. that's not how he sees the game. And I don't know if he's a guy that is like the most relatable guy to today's kid. Now that's once again, it's no knock on Golding, but you got to have a guy on staff that you're like, Hey, this guy, you know, he's got a history of getting, you know, all conference type kids and he's got him, and he's here. And, and that's what he's got to do, man. You know, like he's Golding has the game plan down from the. Defensive side of the ball. But, uh, unfortunately today's basketball, like I said, at the beginning of the season, man, it's going to be hard to beat people 62 to 60. Like it's just going to be hard to win high level games like that. You got to have dudes that can, and get hot, and and UTEP, when I looked at who they, we all know who they lost. We all know what those kids did. Don't need to drum on that. But when I looked at what they replaced them with, I never felt great about the bunch because I was like, dude, these are either kids that put up points that were on losing teams or dudes who really didn't do a ton of, you know, um, stuff for accolades where they were at. You know, and so it's like, you know, you're going to have to, the point I'm making is, you know, UTEP is in that danger zone where they're they're not the low majors, right? They're not the big boys. They're right there at the mid-level, which means anytime a kid is, is bouncing out of power five, whether it's something he did off the court, on the court, whatever, you know, the UTEP needs to be, to be looking, right? They need to be looking and saying, hey, can this kid help us or not? Um, because they're right at that level where you should be catching some guys, you know, that have kind of slipped through the cracks, whether it be academics or whatever it is. They're right at that level where they got to be catching those guys. But you know, to try to replace a guy like Sule Bloom, who was first team All Big East, and you know, that's powerful basketball. Yeah, Try to replace him with a guy that came from Southern Miss, which was abysmal when he was on Southern Miss. Like it's just it's just not it's just not equal footing is what I'm saying. You know that, that's no knock on, on the kid that we you know replace who they with, but it's like hey, if I'm gonna lose a guy to power five, I probably want to try to replace a guy with a power five bounce back if that makes sense. Um,
0: well, real quick, Ronnie, <laughs> just to your point on hiring a recruiter, that needs to be the number one priority. I, I look back on um, just Rodney Terry's squads and the guys that he brought in. For his coaching staff, because everybody just wants to give flowers to Rodney Terry that he recruited all these guys, which he did. I mean, hey, give credit to the head coach, the man in charge. But he had guys like Lamont Smith on staff who had great ties to the California uh, roots when it came to recruiting. He, had, uh, he hired Arturo Ormon, who really never had college coaching experience but was Bryson Williams' AAU coach. And, of course, you're going to do whatever it takes to bring Bryson Williams, a player like that, into your program. Now there's always the things on the opposite side of that coin. What happens when you do make those choices or you do make those uh, decisions and hire those coaches. I mean, look at what happened with Lamont Smith. He ends up uh, having the, the uh, I guess, violation that happened to him while he was at San Diego, and he's out of coaching. And then Arturo Orman, um, he's not really that X's and O's, guys, but he's on staff because he helped bring Bryson Williams to the team. So I, I feel like with UTEP basketball moving forward, that prioritization of hiring a coach who can go out and recruit and get you some big players has to be the most or the thing that they do first. Like get the right guy who's going to bring in the right recruits because that has to be the case. And if if you don't want to uh, necessarily demote or fire a coach, well then promote and add another coach. There's, no, there's nothing against that, right? So I, I think that that has to be the route uh, Joe Golding takes uh, deferring and uh, delegating to somebody else to recruit some talent.
5: Adrian, you know what's so crazy? Let's rewind 24 months ago. 24 months ago, Joe Golding was a hot name. He was getting ready to, you know, make that leap, you know, from ACU to one of the big boys. We all, all of us on this show, all of us on campus were, were out on Rodney Terry. Let's fast forward That's right. 24 months. 100%. Rodney Terry is the hottest name at the Power Five level right now. He's got blank checks waiting on him as soon as Texas leaves, loses. He can go anywhere he wants. Our, our, Art and Arturo was at Eastern Washington. Those dudes were on a 17-game win streak. They were 17-owner conference until they lost to Idaho State and they ended up getting upset in their tournament. I mean, like, I would imagine that Terry probably pulls him back in the floor wherever he lands next year.
6: Yes. And now we're
5: sitting here trying to say, well, Goldie's got to do this, Goldie's got to do that. And it's like, dude, Goldie was the hottest name in the South you know, 24 months ago, people just assumed that he was going to be in line to take one of those big jobs. He takes obviously uh, UTEP, Terry's out. We're all celebrating. And now the unfortunate situation happened in Texas. Terry was national coach of the year and in some polls, you know, it's just like what a difference scenery makes. Maybe Terry was never suited to be a mid-major coach because there's just some limitations and resources that you just don't have at this level. Where it's kind of you know all in on the table at the, at the highest level, and maybe that's where he's best at, and maybe Golding is not where he's supposed to be, not because he's not a good coach, just because he doesn't have, once again, the strong recruiters that you that you you're usually going to find at that P5 level. That, that you know they got that guy on the staff, uh, you know Roy Williams that Steve Robinson for years. He didn't talk to the kids, he just recruited them. Right now, in Arizona doing the same thing. He Doesn't talk to the kids during the game. Hmm. He just gets them there and he lets the head coach you know, put them all out there in their top, you know, 10 in the country, you know, and that's usually what you find at that level. And it's just just amazing how 24 months is just – night and day. You know, I, I remember Rodney Terry and uh, Scott Perra having a little meltdown there at the end of the UTEP game, and now Scott yes. Perra is off to the American next year. You know what I mean? It's just like, what a difference.
0: Wow, yeah, that's there. that's crazy to even think about. Scott Perra yeah. heading to the American Athletic. Rodney yeah. Terry probably going to be, what, the next top head coach of the Pac-12? Or is that uh, going mean, to be the, dude, the future? Dude, I mean, dude, think of all dude, the, the ties he has to Cali. I mean, yeah. the, the writing's yeah. on the wall right there for Rodney Terry if he wants to go west.
5: Yeah, he can go anywhere. I mean, he did a phenomenal job in Texas. So I guess my question would be to you and Sal, are we as good at this as we think we are? It was Rodney Terry Mm -hmm. as bad as we thought he was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because we were all out on that guy 18 months ago. We were out on that guy. We were celebrating that he was gone. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) it's
0: a great question, Ronnie. And hey, man, I appreciate the phone call. Can't thank you enough for calling all season long and uh, appreciate you weighing in with us. Uh, We'll talk. We'll wrap about this for a little bit because I guess it's time to open up the Rodney Terry can of worms because we do that so often here on Minor Talk. Uh, and ask the ultimate what-if question. What if he had stayed? Um, what if he had not taken the Texas job? What if uh, the Dominoes did not fall and Joe Golding ends, ends up leaving uh, Abilene Christian? All the what-ifs, right? With Rodney Terry this year, he is up for National Coach of the Year honors for what he has helped Texas accomplish this past season in the Big 12 and just keeping that program afloat amid all the -the off-the-court issues with uh, Chris Beard. And, hey, now we're finding out that Chris Beard, uh, his fiancée, went back. She did not file any charges. His name was rid from any of those charges on that end, and he might be the next head coach from Ole Miss. So, like Ronnie says, about 24 months. Talk about three months. Uh, college basketball yeah. nowadays moves so fast. Chris Beard can be fired, canceled, f- you know ostracized from college basketball and be brought back. Within the same season, is that that's just mind-boggling to me to just know how quickly college basketball changes on a month-to-month basis. And regardless, right, right, you know, we we talked way too much about Rodney Terry. People have have toned out this uh, discussion right here. But let's just uh, give him his respect and uh, recognition, knowing that, hey, he's up for National Coach of the Year honors right here. And just like Ronnie said, if it's not Texas willing to pay him in the off season, another Power 5 school will end up paying him big dollars. That's just the bottom line. And,
1: and you know what? I, I like that he brought up that um, there's so many different things that go on, right? And kind of alluding to just uh, Terry and Golding here at UTEP, um, they can excel in one aspect, but they may really need help in another. And I think that goes to show that at every program, there's so much that goes on, there's so many people that help out, but the head coach ultimately is gonna be the face of the program, right? Yes. We, we talk about Coach Golding and how guys buy in. X's and O's may be there, um, but a large um topic of discussion or um yeah, topic of discussion is uh, is the recruiting aspect of it. Terry was a great recruiter, but he couldn't get all of his guys to um you know to to kind of give that one hundred and ten percent dive on the floor type of effort. Whereas with Coach Golding, you're getting that when you look at the recruiting and you know it's kind of like a flip-flop there, but that's that goes to show that hey, these guys can do what they do best and get them to buy in. But there's assistant coaches for a reason. There are recruiters for a reason. I agree. And, and it's very tough to have a lot of top tier guys at the same time, um, you know, at one program. And you look at what Coach Terry's doing. The resources are are way way higher over there at um you know at Big for time. the Longhorns compared to UTEP, right? So when you mentioned Chris Beard getting fired and that whole fiasco there. Literally, and I mean this in the literal sense, Texas can afford to do that because of everybody else and and the resources that they have. With that program. Um, and, and when you look at um, at New Mexico State and, and I'll compare the two just uh, just for this scenario here um, with what was going on over there, it took them some time to kind of make some of those moves. You know yes, what I mean? And, yes. and, and I think that's uh, obviously different situations. Don't get me wrong. But just the idea that if you're a bigger program, you can afford to to make. Um, big moves like that at any point in the year.
0: Yeah, regardless of turmoil you face on yeah. or off the court, regardless of that. Uh, Zay, you go ahead.
2: Um, yeah, you know, he's right. Uh, Joe Golden needs a, a leading recruiter, right? Butch Pierre left middle of the off season when UTEP needed a whole uh, roster hall, and he took a lot of the players he was recruiting here at UTEP, like Jerron Pierre Jr. Uh, he played at Southern Miss. Uh, he he might have came to UTEP. He went to Wichita State with Pierre, so, you know, Utah lost out on their on their lead recruiter midway through the offseason which which is you know it's rough for, for the miners, but yeah, they they need a lead recruiter. They need a guy who can go into the home and be like, "Hey, I've recruited this guy, this guy. I can do this," and someone who can relate to the guy that they're recruiting. And uh, yeah, I agree a lot with Ronnie.
0: Yeah, I like the re- the relating, uh, relating to kind of their players, relating to all that. I think he does have great relationships. I never would doubt that, but I think it's a yeah. good point to bring up. Uh, let's go back to the phones. We got a lot of uh, calls to get to, and then more tweets to get to as well. Nine one five five zero five. 6009. Dan from the East Side is joining us next on the phones. Dan, good evening. What's happening?
7: Good evening. Uh hey, Adrian, you know, i never called you so. This be the first and maybe even the last time. Okay. And that, that's not that's nothing because of you. But uh just hearing the previous caller and the statement that made me call was well, maybe Rodney Terry is not a mid-major coach. You know what? That's a bunch of BS. You're a coach. You are really, truly a coach. You're gonna take the bottom of the barrel play it, and make him better. There is no, you know, Rodney Terry and, and you know being uh, for for the uh, coach of the year. I mean, look at the resources. Come on, man. It, it's like like somebody that's a millionaire going going down to, to to a upper middle class neighborhood and be able to buy the whole neighborhood. Come on, that you know Rodney Terry never never really. And I know you like him but he never impressed me as a coach from Fresno State, from anything. You know, you are a coach. you got to bring up the best. Now, Joe Golding, you know, guys, we have to be a little bit more, uh, what's the best word? A, like a hold them impatient. accountable more? You know what? You have to. Every coach is, is held accountable because, you, you know, you're getting paid to put out a product, and the product wasn't very good for you. But we go back again. What is UTEP offering that maybe another school's are not offering? You, you know what I'm saying? If I, if I'm if I'm getting recruited at UTEP and UTEP says you're only going to get an education, maybe maybe a thousand dollars a month if that's possible, but you need to play hard. And then let's say that uh, the locals Albuquerque come in and say, "Hey, man, you go out there and play. We'll take care of you. you will have a car. You know, we might even try to find you a girlfriend and blah blah." blah. Kids nowadays, they don't believe in the hard work. I think we should be patient with Golding. I do agree with uh, whoever was talking a little bit while I go. You need a good recruiter, but I mean, you know what? The bottom line is, and I've said it this, and I've said that, you know, on on the Steve when you and Steve are together, you we need to back the minors, and the only way we can do it is buying a ticket so the university could have the resources to bring a little bit better players. Now it's all about the money. There you go. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, it is. all about the money. I mean, it's not about how good you can play or anything. You you know what? Uh, If YouTube's going to be average to mediocre, but they're making good citizens out of all the kids, I still will put my $20 to go watch YouTube.
0: Okay. Good stuff, Dan. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, for, to your first point about the mid-majors uh, and Rodney Terry, I thought that was a really good point. Good cleanup right there, Dan, uh, because I did not mention that with Ronnie's call, and I'm glad that you mentioned that right there. I, I agree completely with what you said. And the resources, too. I mean, come on. Uh, just uh, let's just give a real world example that will actually happen in my opinion this off season. if grant mccaslin ends up leaving north texas think of north texas that's i mean hey they actually put in some more resources into their athletic yeah. department they're moving to the american athletic conference like things are not bad over there they're in, they're right outside the metroplex so they have good proximity in terms of recruiting they have a good scenario a good case over there but grant mccaslin if he were to get hired at texas Tech, his resources around him would increase exponentially. He would have more money to use for recruiting. He would have better resources and facilities to to operate around. All his players would be fed breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and he would never have to worry about the small things. He could hire any coach he wanted as far as his assistants and develop a nice coaching tree over there at Texas Tech if he's hired away from there. So don't tell me that winning at the Big 12 level was with all those resources out there that granted Grant McCaslin will have earned at that point if he is hired as the next head men's basketball coach for Texas Tech. He will have earned all those resources right there. But let's call it what it is. It's added bonuses. It's money that these universities have at the higher levels, at the Power 5 spots. That's how they are able to get and compete at the highest levels. And that's why we see Conference USA only have one bid in their league in the the NCAA tournament. And that's why we see the Big 12 have eight representatives, because there are many Schools out there in the Big Twelve, in the Pac twelve, in the SEC, who are committed financially to winning. They are they want to win at all costs, so they'll pay at all costs to win, and that's just the bottom line right there. And Dan, good point right there. uh As far as your phone call, guys, anybody here who wants to chime in?
1: Yeah, it, I love the name Grant McCaslin, especially when it comes to um to coaches that are rumored to believe in, and I say rumored because he's always in the mix when it comes to conversations. For all we know, he he couldn't care any less and he's uh, you know just preparing watching yeah. film even if it's July 18th he's watching film guaranteed but uh, ultimately w- when it comes to North Texas uh, we see the success that they've had over the year and also coaching a conference USA player of the year in Tyler Perry this year yeah. also a newcomer of the year in, in Kai Huntsbury we we've talked about Javion Hamlet over the years so a lot of great players that he's been able to coach but with all that being said um, you mentioned Texas Tech and who knows what the idea is there right but texas tech where when they have a winner they're filling that stadium night in and night out and we bring it over to north texas where the capacity at the super pit is uh, just like three south of 9800 it's ninety seven, ninety seven. and looking at some of the numbers 2022 a very successful year that they had averaged 3700 that's that's Terrible. less than half of Disappointing. That, that's far less than half of what that place seats so um who knows I, I don't know if that would be the exact factor but it just goes to show you that coaches would likely go to a winner um, you know, or even a place where they can sell out because they can get that fan support. And, and for lack of a better phrase, as good as UNT's been over the years, they fan- we talk about UTEP fans disappointing. That's a bit more disappointing because you have a, a power in your conference and you're filling up the arena with less than half. Zay?
2: Well, you know, you t- we're talking about Grant McCaslin and, um, I'm gonna go a complete opposite way here. I say he's gonna stay in North Texas. They're moving to the American. You talked about the Super Pit. Uh, North Texas just un, uh, announced that they have plans for a whole new basketball arena. He has the resources in Dallas in Denton. I know it's a long shot that he stays, but I think I think he he seems like a guy who who wants to build something big in Denton and I know this isn't a, a North Texas talk show, but
8: you know <laughs> yeah. My bad guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just
2: reading about it and it just it feels like he would stay. He has the resources and I feel like, you know, if anybody can build a winner it can be a guy like Grant McCaslin.
0: Well uh good call by the way from Dan from the East Side. Uh let's keep moving on Twitter. We got a lot to catch up on Twitter and we'll react as we go. If you guys have thoughts I'm talking Sal and say if you guys have some thoughts just chime in on any of these tweets um, let's keep it moving. And by the way, our telephone number, 915-505-6009. If you'd like to weigh in on the show, Ed is hanging with us, so we'll get to Ed in just a second. But let's burn through some tweets, 915-505-6009. Before we get to some of these tweets, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency, right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Awards to come later on in the show are Wind Supply El Paso Hot Hand of the Game and our Keats Southwest Player of the Game. But let's continue on Minor Talk first with Twitter. Tristan Pence with three tweets to get to. Number one, the players gave great effort. "...won the hustle stats and played well enough to win. It is bewildering to me that the UTEP coaching staff left Givens and uh, on McKnight until five minutes left in the game. For the second time in one week, the same player single-handedly beat UTEP in the end. This is a very disappointing season. I like Coach Golding, but let's be honest. He has done a poor job at UTEP thus far." 32 losses in two seasons is not going to cut it, especially when he inherited a program that did not need to be rebuilt, unlike his predecessor, Rodney Terry. Moving forward, UTEP men's basketball has no more excuses. The best basketball teams are departing Conference USA, and Coach Joe Golding will be in his third season. It's time for this program to get its act together and start competing for championships. Thank you guys for another great season of Hashtag Minor Talk. Uh, Tristan, thank you for tweeting us literally after every single game even the bad games you tweeted us like you gave us a, a breakdown even for uh, the forgettable games and I appreciate you in a big way. Um, what Tristan Pence tweeted is kind of the harsh reality and I think a lot of other minor fans have this thought they've kind of draw they've drawn the proverbial line in the sand right now and said look that's fine Coach Golding, Year one was was a success. 20 wins, we got it. uh, Year two, disappointment. The line in the sand has been drawn, and I think fans are going to say next year is that year. Kind of the make or break year, and it puts a lot of pressure on this coaching staff and this program to start winning. The coaching staff can have the defense next year by saying, hey, look, this is year three. We're still trying to build a winner, and it takes time. On the opposite side, the fans who are uh, impatient can say, no, look at this. In year three, you have to start building a winner. In year three, in today's transfer portal era, there is no excuse. You should have almost an expedited path mm-hmm. to success. And Joe Golding was noncommittal after uh, the game today, in the post-game show, when trying to talk about uh, the future. He said, hey, we're going to go on spring break, we're going to take a step back, we're going to live some life, and then we'll, we'll uh, decide what the future holds for everybody. And um, I, I believe that that's the case for this team. But like Tristan said on this, 32 losses and two seasons not going to cut it. I don't agree with that. I Again, I, I go back to year three being kind of that the line has been drawn. Let's see what happens in year three. What do you guys think? Uh,
1: I, I think as far as building a winner in year three, I, I don't think that's the case. I, I think in year three, it's kind of is there a winner that's built already? You, you know what I mean? Because with, with, with yeah. building a winner, I think that's kind of more like um, starting from scratch all over again. Uh, I'll say this. I think year three is probably— probably the most telling year for sure. It's it's hard to kind of uh, predict um, anything at this point because who knows what this team is going to look like at any point, right? Whether point, it be yeah. staff-wise, player-wise. Uh, but I'll say this, though, if there's a good chunk of players who are returning um, to the team for, for next year's roster, then you can bank in on the fact that there is experience there. Now, what will the results be? I mean, of course, who who knows? And and who knows what the teams coming into Conference USA uh, look like? They could just have some astronomical year, too. But year three will be the most telling out of all of them. I think you take the first two. I don't want to say with a grain of salt, but... um. Th- In my opinion, it won't, they won't hold as much weight as year three. I'll
0: also say this, uh, Conference USA won't be that bad next year with the likes of Liberty and Sam Houston State joining. That's almost like replacing North Texas and UAB. I won't say it's like replacing Florida Atlantic, but there's an argument that Dusty May is gone after this year, being named Coach of the Year in Conference USA, and he could catapult into a Power 5 position uh, as Mm -hmm. of next year. Zay, your thoughts? Yeah, I kind of
2: agree with Sal, you know, I, I we talked about it a little bit on this show, but year one of the Joe Golden era was kind of like year zero, right? It was him just just getting everything under control, you know, working with what he's got. This was really year one. This is his players, his team, you know, and now he has to build from this, from this recruiting class, from the next recruiting class. So I want to see what Joe Golden can do with, you know, his players fully developed under his belt you know when he came to UTEP that was one of you know the things everybody was talking about he can develop players so I want to see guys like I know Zarek onyama wasn't recruited by Joe Golding but hey at this point you know he kind of fits into that category of hey they're going to try and develop him Kevin Kalu and guys like that so um I think I think you got to give him a little bit more time you know the 32 wins and stuff like or 32 losses Just like the guy we were talking about earlier, Grant McCaslin had 30 losses in his first two years at North Texas. He turned out just fine, so just got to give it some time.
0: Yeah, and and conversely... Uh, when you look on the other side, he's also won 34. So, I mean, he's has a, a winning record here at UTEP through two seasons. So there you go. Uh, let's get back to the phones. Ed is joining us next on the phone lines, 915-505-6009. Ed, you've been rocking with us for Minor Talk all year long, and you're back with us to close out the season. How are you? I'm doing
9: good. I'd like to make some points because I got a little – Heated
0: up with some callers. Ah, your buddy. That's what usually that's what usually happens. You're our buddy, Ed, by the way. So so you're all in this uh I guess you're in this little group of uh friends of ours here on this show who calls us very often. <laughs> and uh you have some interesting takes, but some really good ones at times too. But I think a lot of fans got a little fired up after Ronnie's call. Give us your thoughts.
9: Okay, well let me just make these points here. Point number one: I think that Joe Golding is a teddy bear coach. The players love him. He's he's intimate with his players. He pushes them. I think that he has a good relationship. I think players want to give everything they got, and they and he proved it. He proved it. So that's point number one. So I disagree with him on that. On Ronnie. Point number two: I don't. I'm not a big fan of Rodney Terry. He had a huge they got a huge, a lot, of, a lot of money over there. They were already ranked in the top 10. And ironically, the one player who has bailed him out all year long has not been a player that was recruited by them. It's a player that entered the portal, and that's Jabari Rice. And I'm going to tell you right now, telling everybody, if they don't make it to the Sweet 16, those Longhorn fans are going to turn on him And he's going to go from coach of the year to popcorn pressure cooker. It's going to happen real quick. So I'm not a big fan of Rodney Terry. He's already got a lot of talent to work with. So another thing, too, is I think these players today could have won this game. They could have played a little bit more patiently. I didn't buy into the whole big guard thing last week. There was one guy that did take over, but they had plenty of opportunities to win this game tonight. And I still think they're only a few players away. I'm going to stick with Golding. I'm going to say we're just a few players away. I'm hoping that we'll retain more than five players. So the last point I'm going to make to you guys, and here's the big question. If a player got plenty of player playing time this year, and there was a lot of games that were close, why would they enter the transfer portal? Now, I understand about the money issue, but why, if they got plenty of playing time, why would they enter the portal? There's a lot of positives here ending up this year. That's what I'm going to say. That's my last point. Okay, I'll good hang st- up and I'll let you guys talk.
0: Okay, good stuff, Ed. Appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, to your first point, uh, I do agree. Rodney, I mean, excuse me, Joe Golding is a player's coach. Uh, he is. He's just bottom line. Player's coach. Guys gravitate toward him. Guys like him. Uh, even guys who do not come here and and uh, they're not minors. Uh, Those who end up being recruited by Golding end up being fans of his. Uh, Rodney Terry, the fact that you're not a fan, uh, I hear you, but as far as you not necessarily giving him credit for recruiting Sir Jabari Rice, come on, man. Let's be real. Rodney Terry watched Jabari Rice torch the minors for years. Of course, he played a big part of recruiting him from Chris Jans, who he knew very well, to Texas. So let's give him yeah. a lot of credit for recruiting but, Sir Jabari Rice,
1: and also too bailing out uh, a player, bailing out a team. In a way, I know people will say the players make the shots, but they're on the floor for a reason. So if you have the presence of mind to have your your most reliable shot makers on the floor, I mean you don't have to be the greatest coach in the world, but, I mean, you're doing something right if you have the guys who can get the job done, uh, you know, on the floor in the first place.
0: Yeah, he puts uh, Jabari Rice in the right position. He's not even starting, by the way. Jabari Rice comes off the bench, uh, and that it, it works out for them. As far as uh, his third point, how UTEP could have won this game, yeah. UTEP led by 16 points in this game. UTEP was going back and forth with Western Kentucky, almost 10 lead changes in this entire matchup. And now uh, to his final point, and I think you guys will totally understand This one right here. And I think this is an interesting one for fans to kind of understand what happens behind closed doors. His point on, well, why should you enter the transfer portal? Why would you go if you were a player who's maybe on the fringe of this team, but not really, uh, you know, you're kind of in between. Maybe you have playing time, but you want a little bit more. The reason why some of these guys will enter the portal is not because they want to leave El Paso, it's because the coaching staff wants to move on from them. And that's the harsh reality. In college basketball, you can choose year to year which uh, scholarships you want to renew and which ones you want to move on from. And that's the harsh reality of college basketball. But I can tell you all this for a fact, for the last year's team, Last year's roster that lost 10 guys, of those 10 guys, several of those guys who left were not because they wanted to leave, okay? Take that for whatever that's worth. It's not like the coaching staff was like, hey, we're pushing you out of here. It's like, hey, look. This is – this. it's almost like a business decision. It's almost like NBA free agency year to year. It's like, hey, look, we found this better opportunity over here. Where can we get you a good opportunity to go elsewhere? And writing's right there. Writing's on the wall. Now as far as which players will be, you know, kind of designated for uh, (laughs) – you know for lack of a better term designated to go to a different school I don't know but I can also tell you that some of these guys might benefit from an expanded role look at look at last year mm. Bonky Maring could never find any minutes on UTEP men's basketball team now he's playing and averaging double figures for a uh, Houston Christian formerly known as Houston Baptist he's averaging points and playing real minutes for that team so like I- I'll tell you this if if it doesn't work out here for UTEP at UTEP for some of these guys who don't necessarily get a lot of minutes – I would see this coaching staff actually working with the guys and trying to get them a better opportunity elsewhere. And I, hey, let, let's just all aggregators out there. I did not mean to. You know, for Bonky Maring, he is not one of those examples. He may or may not have been one of those guys who they chose to retain that scholarship or not. I'm just saying, somebody who didn't necessarily have a role last on last year's team ends up finding an expanded role. Granted, on a lesser quality uh, school yeah. and university, but still the case. Uh, you're all. Thoughts on that point, and what Ed was saying, and maybe
1: reasons why some of these guys would hit the portal. Uh, I think some reasons. Uh, th- there's a lot of reasons. There's no set one for for everybody. Uh, maybe some players want to be closer to home. That could be one option. Maybe there's family in the place that they're going to. Uh, coaches, you know, winding up on a certain staff that could be a reason. Uh, maybe the the style of play fits their idea more who knows right but as far as why some guys may thrive in other places um one could be just like a clear uh like a fresh start yeah cl- clearing yeah. that mental headspace right another one is it's not it's not wrong to say they may have improved the other one could be the style of uh, of play that that team um runs just fits their their own style of play more and they can thrive in that. So there there's a variety of these factors. I don't know what you think, Zay. What do you think, Zay?
2: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of different reasons, you know, sometimes players' attitudes and play uh, and coaches' mentalities, maybe they clash and mm. maybe it's just not yeah. the right fit. You never know. There's there's so many reasons behind closed doors that not even we know, not even, you know, and most fans don't know. So, yeah, you can average 10 points a game and it seems you know from from our view hey he's going to come back and he's going to get even better but hey you you really never know
0: yeah it's hard to it's also hard to bank that's another thing is we can talk and and we do this a lot, and we fall victim as this is mm-hmm. media members, but we get so excited about the three-star, the four-star prospect, the five-star guy, the guy who has been at a former uh, Power 5 school or formerly played for a mid-major that looks kind of cool. Those those are the guys we fall in love with before they even step foot on the court and actually put on a UTEP uniform, and that's the problem of, of kind of recruiting. You just never really know. Um, you know it, the same with exiting. And hitting the transfer portal, when it comes to recruiting, you never actually know what kind of guys you'll end up getting. So kind of hard all the way around. But I I hear what what, uh, Ed was saying. Uh, Let's go back to Twitter. And, by the way, our telephone number, 915-505-6009, to get into the show. If you've been trying to get in on the show, now is the time to do it. We've cleared some phone lines so we can bring you right on uh, and quickly on with us. Don Awacate tweets the show. At Joe John Sr., UTEP loses all its starting lineup from last year with these players. They won 15 with basically a whole new team. The players fought hard all year long. At Coach Joe Golding, at Zarek Onyema, hashtag minor talk from Don Awakate. Okay. Um, This is coming in from Paul Reynoso. Now, 4,738 days and counting since <laughs> UTEP has gone dancing. The long drought continues. Hashtag minor talk. Um, yeah, Paul, it, it shouldn't be that long. Really shouldn't. I mean, there's no reason why we should be talking about a uh, UTEP um, NCAA tournament game that was in 2010. Zay, how old were you in 2010?
2: I was, I was let's see, it was in March. It was in March, so I was three.
0: You were three years so You don't Ooh. remember this. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, oh, I remember. Oh, like, that makes me feel really old. You were yep. three years old? <laughs> At least I remember it, Sal. At least I, I kind of remember it. I remember like in six. I was like sixth grade, eighth grade, something like that, seventh grade, whatever. Yeah. They wheeled in a, a TV in the classroom, and everybody was watching UTEP Butler, so – That's all I have. That's the only story I have. Gordon Hayward.
1: Speaking of of reeling in the TV, I was in, I can't remember which grade. I don't know if it was like fifth or sixth. Um, But when they took on, was it Maryland? Okay, no, 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 maybe. No, no uh, Utah. Not They did take on Maryland, right? But, uh, you know, the the next tournament appearance after that, uh, they were about to reel in the TV. But, uh, you know, my dad was like, hey, we got a doctor's appointment. And, uh, yeah, it was Dr. Pepper. We went yes. back to the crib and watched it all at <laughs> home. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, man. That's
0: a great story right there, Sal. Uh, I only have one of those memories. So And Zay doesn't have any of them. Sorry, Zay. I'm sorry. <laughs> at least you have a bull memory, right, Zay? I have uh I have the basketball them, classic yeah. memory. <laughs> that's that's mine. That's a great. That's it's great. Nice. His memory of the basketball classic. <laughs> nice. Oh man. Yeah, uh that Southern Utah game was pretty rough, man. I get it. Uh let's keep it moving on Twitter. Matt, we're having way too much fun. Matthew Castro tweets the show. Trying can only take you so far. UTEP needs talent. We lack that this year. Uh Dr. Brandon Houghton, I think that's who tweeted – or, yeah, Houghton tweets the show, proud of our coach and looking forward to next year is what he tweets the show. Rod Munch, as far as his wish list goes, for Joe Golding to be replaced. Man. Um, Harambe's disciple tweets the show, Uh, he, he agrees with Matthew as far as, uh, what he was saying from earlier today, Shannon Sharpie tweets the show, lots of heart with this team. I enjoyed the season, even though the record wasn't their best. They never quit. You enjoyed this season, Shannon, you enjoyed it. Can you guys describe this season
1: with the word enjoyment? Because I can't. I didn't enjoy it. I think the the end result is not enjoyment, right? But, you know, basically the way they played up until um, the UAB game, really, which was still a, a thriller. It went to yeah. double overtime. It was enjoyable basketball Okay, up to that I, I point. agree with you.
0: The first half of the season, non-conference yeah. play was
1: enjoyable. So, so that was, it was fun to watch despite some of those losses, but ultimately, like, the bad outweighs the good. If you had to put an overall sense on it, then, yeah, I wouldn't use the word enjoyment. But you've you got to find sunshine in some places. So, yeah.
0: Okay. I, okay. All right. You, you made me feel better about that one right <laughs> there. Uh, Adrian at Enemy Win 3 tweets the show. Adrian, how much does Golding's style of play affect recruiting? Scorers might not want to waste all their energy playing defense. Uh, Adrian that's a great question I don't know Uh, I'd be curious I'd be also you know it's it's not necessarily the player in my opinion it might be the like a a um, you know an opposition somebody who's recruiting against UTEP so let's say uh, NMSU and UTEP are going after the same player and NMSU actually that's a bad example because of all the stuff they're going through Uh, let's say UTEP and UTSA are going after the same player UTEP says hey join our team and UTSA Mm. says hey don't go to UTEP. They're just going to make you play defense and your your scoring numbers are actually going to go down. I don't know how much that yeah, actually works. It's,
1: it's tough. I think, um, you know what, as far as like how much does the style of play affect recruiting I think it affects it to a degree but ultimately if you're a bucket getter that's that's what you're gonna do when you're out there and and, and coach Golding has said this in the uh, in coaches shows where he wants to have that as a point of emphasis he wants to get shooters I don't know if he said the word scores but they, they kind of go hand in hand in some ways uh but I mean look at Sule boom he had one of his he had his best year ever um you know as a minor last year I mean he's having a lot more success in terms of winning games don't don't get me wrong but this guy's a bucket getter, and what I'll always remember him for is the number of steals that he had against Middle Tennessee in the conference tournament. He almost single handedly. Willed them to a win in all aspects of the game, so I, I don't think it affects it in the full sense. It may affect some guys who are just looking to get buckets, but for for true winners who are scorers and don't mind that that grit on defense, it, it may even attract um, you know them here. So it's it's tough to say because it's barely year three coming up. We'll we'll kind of get more of a clear picture of that.
0: Enemy win three. Good question. I like it. Uh, appreciate your question here on the show. Rip City Trade says that he wants guards. Uh, as far as his off-season wish list for UTEP basketball. Let's go back to the phones right now, 915-505-6009. Sam is joining us next on the phone. Sam, good evening. What's going on?
10: Good evening, good evening. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I found the show here. Hey, um, I appreciate you, of Sam. Of course, thank you so much. And uh, I'm going an to import myself um, from basketball perspective. I'm a diehard Knicks fan, so I know what it feels like to be in a drought, but you know, have some glory days. I'm behind and constantly searching for something to give you that spark and get you back in you know, in that good feeling. Hey, I, I'll Monty. tell you this.
0: Emmanuel quickly uh, is going to give you uh, maybe a championship, though. So I don't know. Your your fortunes might be turning up over here, Sam.
10: Hey, man, I'll take You know, Jalen Brunson, the mix of that, you know, it's mm. been going pretty good so far. I don't want to jinx it, though. You know, with the mix, you never know. <laughs> but uh, just to put it back here to YouTube, I love the miners, man. they such a historic group. Uh, as far as the the culture of the team and the university as as a, as a whole, so I'm rooting for. I came here, but I feel like you know, with college college is so sensationalized. Especially now we're approaching March Madness, and everybody wants to see their team, you know, in the running, which is totally understandable. But at the core of things, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to playing, and people entering the transfer portal, at the end of the day, it's not so much your stars. It's really about the collective. And I feel like sometimes people lose sight of, no matter who the star may be, come together as a unit and buy into what the coaches and the coaching staff have and the direction of the organization or of the school. It doesn't matter how great they're going to be. They're going to end up going somewhere else or not reaching their full potential. And with UTEP, you know, even if it's more defensive-minded, the defense is absolutely necessary because when you get to that top-tier level, the defense is what's really going to keep you there and get you to the championship, but of course you got to have scores, you got to have that good make. So my hope is that they can work on that mixture, get some guys that are really passionate about the game, and they can show it, you know, night in, night out. And of course, you know, they're scholars you know, they're that's their collegiate athletes. But you want to see that passion, you know, you want to see those those extra plays, you want to see those high fives, you want to see people galvanizing each other, and not just on the coaches' shoulders. And I'm hoping that's where UTEP is really headed because. That's one of the major keys for success. You don't have to be the best, but you got to play like you are, no matter what, mm-hmm. night in, night out, and you got to believe as a team.
0: Yeah, That's preach. Hey, preach, Sam. I think you bring up some excellent points. I, I think we've said this uh, throughout the season, but it's it's like the rotational pieces that you see across conference USA that make, make you kind of long for other players on this current team. And I and you know what I, I completely understand with what you're saying, but I would just look at some uh, a team like Louisiana Tech. They have uh Jordan or Isaiah Crawford on their team, and Isaiah Crawford was probably you know just like your fifth best guy on a team, maybe fourth best guy on a given team, but this year, he really channeled that, and he had no business of being an all-conference representative, but he was on the all-conference list because he simply willed his team uh, when they needed most, and, and he was kind of just that rotational piece. Wasn't a difference maker. You can, I, I like how Sam, in a sense, is putting it to where you can lead without necessarily being the best overall player yeah. on a given team. I would say that there have been successful UTEP men's basketball teams that were not led by their best player. If that makes any sense, I, I would give one example uh, in 2020, 2020 uh, 2019, 2020, when mm-hmm. that team was kind of lacking an identity, when they were going through all the turmoil that they were going through. One of the guys that I thought was not the best player on that team, but I thought he was the leader of the team, was Daryl Edwards. Many would thought many would have thought Bryson Williams was the leader of that group. They had e. DG, Dion Stroud, Sule Boom, Anthony Tark, Jordan Latham, Nigel Hawkins, Caden Archie, Eric Villa. But I thought Daryl Edwards was that veteran guy, the guy who wasn't the best player, who was not maybe a top three player on that team, but was always that leader that guys could count on for um, you know good uh, whatever it is on the court advice, off the court advice. And sometimes your leader does not necessarily have to be your best overall player. And I think to Sam's point... Having that sixth man, having that seventh man who is completely bought in on your team and wants to play for UTEP no matter what is so important and just as important as your top player, your second best player, and your third best player. Look at the top three teams in Conference USA. They're in the top three because they are deep. North Texas, Florida Atlantic, and UAB. They all have uh, deep teams. Yeah,
2: yeah, I agree with you with the Daryl Edwards, you know, he was the leader. Because, you know, down the stretch in pod play, when UTEP needed to get on a run, they had to make the Conference USA tournament. We knew Daryl Edwards wasn't the best player on this team, but when he needed to step up and he needed to get a bucket down the stretch, that's what I remember Daryl Edwards doing, you know, leading UTEP to those wins against, you know, the the worst teams of Conference USA, but UTEP needed to win to, to get into the Conference tournament.
0: Yeah, uh, that's right. That's exactly right. I would say that... uh UTEP does need to value their 7th, 8th, ninth guy on their roster as much as they value uh, their top overall players. That's the bottom line. A um, couple tweets to get to as we continue here, 915-505-6009. If you'd like to weigh in on the show, now is the time to do it. Jonathan Byers tweets the show, I'm not sure if I want Otis Frazier to return next season. Just haven't seen that much production from him.
1: Mm. I mean, it's it's been there in spurts. I think maybe the consistency part, I understand. But the same can be said for for everybody. Right. Guys were were killing it in certain parts of the year. Some of you didn't get that production, but it's kind of just just pick your poison when it comes down to it. All in all, this team did not have a good year due to the lack of consistency all around. But I wouldn't go that far.
0: I wouldn't go that far at all. Otis Frazier has had production this year, man. I'm sorry. I we're watching two different games. We're we're just watching two different Otis Frazier is probably my you know, if he's not number one, he's number two on my on my list of guys I want back from next year. Uh Adrian at Enemy Win Three tweets the show. Ronnie is wrong. I was never out on Rodney Terry. You guys ran him out of town. We did not run him out of town. You're giving us way too much credit, my friend. We
10: didn't do it. No.
0: (laughs) But that's funny. Thanks for giving us that credit. (laughs) Thanks for giving us that kind of credit right there. Uh, David Castro tweets the show Rodney Terry built nothing at Texas. This is all Chris Beard. Uh, Jonathan Byers with a series of tweets. Rodney Terry is underperforming at Texas. They have one of the most talented rosters in the nation. Yeah, they beat Kansas, but Kansas isn't all that. Rodney Terry underperforming with Texas. They have one of the most talented rosters, and Texas is good enough to be a national championship contender but ultimately won't be there because of Coach Rodney Terry. Jonathan Byers tweets also by saying, isn't it too early next year is a make-or-break year? We're all probably going to have to rebuild this roster all over again this offseason. The only assets we have are Solomon and Hardy.
1: That's it. Mm, Uh, I I don't know if it's make or break for certain, but I think it's fair to say that opinions can be validated. There you go. um, You know, after the results of the third. Yeah, we
0: can justify Mm. the the criticism there. Okay. Uh, El Paso Visuals Deportivos tweets the show. What's the over-under on how many players transfer? Sorry if this has already been discussed, just tuned in. Well, appreciate it, Ivan. Thanks for tuning in. I think the over-under is set at six. Would you guys say that's fair?
1: Mm, man, that's tough. I, I don't think it'll be a mass exodus like it was last year. Yeah? Uh, that, that that was crazy. And there were a lot of schools that dealt with it too. But I'd say uh, – I gotta be different, but it's not gonna be by much. I'd say probably seven. Okay, over. Say
0: what would you say the over under under is? Yeah, I'm around like that six range, maybe five and a half. Okay, yeah, mm. I- I'm curious. Uh, four years ago, the national average in college basketball was four players. So we're talking about 2019. The average was four players hitting the transfer portal. I bet that national average is now six. I would just. Be, I don't know. I don't know it off the top of my head. I can't find it. But I would bet it's six. Uh, keeping it going on Twitter. This is Joe Chacone, and oh man, Joe Chacon has probably five tweets. So bear with me, okay? Uh, <laughs> I promise. I, I promise. I will not. Oh my gosh, Joe Chacon has three tweets of just hashtag sell. I can't. I'm not even lying. Uh, so let's just uh, – let's go ahead and read this. Okay? <laughs> let's get to it, yeah. Uh, where do I start? Bear with me. I see a good core of this team coming back. We knew last year at this time the portal could be a factor, seeing how good those players were. Basically, a new team came in this year, and what do you expect? A conference championship? Come on, let's be real. We need to go out and get really good shooting. Strong forwards and a true point guard. Mix it in with a sprinkle of an off-season worth of free throw practice, and I can see this team being a strong contender. I'm old enough to remember the last NCAA tournament win and that special 92 run. College sports has evolved, and maybe UTEP has missed out on some of those updates over the years that could have been seen as setbacks. This will never be like the 66 team or like the 80s teams that dominated. College sports has evolved, and... This just doesn't apply to basketball, as we've seen with football. A whole other can of worms over there. Four-team games were still won. Ask Georgetown if they'd rather have a record like UTEP right now. Last year, we were kind. We kind of knew that there was going to be players leaving. Okay, uh, I think that we keep a good core of them and we add what we need to be a menace in the year next year. Let's have this conversation again next year after Selection Sunday and the Miners are dancing again. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag (laughs) Miner Talk. Okay, here we go. Let me read just a couple ones uh, that I like uh, as far as this hashtag. Okay, so of course we got to read Brock is my OG. Brock Star Tat sounds like a good idea. Uh, Zane is the next OG there is another going to miss this show August needs to get here ASAP can't wait for the next minor talk you guys are the best still uh, remember minor talk with the voice John Teicher my next tweet won't be as long this is past Zay's curfew (laughs) 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 hashtag minor Brock hashtag almost done hashtag peace
1: Woo! I love it. I love it. And um, almost there. What What do we got, Zay? Maybe like 21 minutes and some change?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd say that.
1: All right. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> hey,
0: if it's work, it's not a curfew, right? It's not breaking curfew. Um, And we can say that officially. You got paid recently, so we can say that official. Um, <laughs> Ivan Pierre Aguida tweets the show. I was in San Jose on assignment making photos the last time UTEP men's basketball team played Butler in the NCAA tournament. That team was stacked. Just look at the players in this photo. Also, El Paso's own Roman Martinez was there playing for New Mexico. They won their first round game too. Yeah, and he throws up a photo with uh, Randy Culpepper, Julian Stone, uh, Derek Character, I mean, those, it's just like it's the who's who of UTEP basketball in the 2010s on one current team, or I mean one specific team. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Jonathan Byers tweets the show, I didn't enjoy this season. Me either, Jonathan. Thank you. Alex at the Sun King tweets the show, up and down season, looking forward to the offseason and the staff and – Uh, to find the right guys to come and play in El Paso. I still trust the coach, all these guys on the staff, and I pray that we break into the big dance next year. Hashtag minor talk. Uh, uh, Adrian at enemy win three cleans it up and says, Adrian, I meant the fans ran Terry out of town, not minor talk. Uh, I like minor talk better than the games. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. That's that's a, a really nice compliment, right there. Um, you said the fans ran Terry out of town. Do you guys think
1: that's the case? Do you think Rodney Terry was ran out by the fans? I don't think so either. I, 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 I really don't. I don't think that's the main reason he left. Obviously, he he saw uh, you know an opportunity in Texas. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Uh, you know, so to say if he made the the wrong decision, the majority of the people would say no. It was probably the right one, but um, he. There's no doubt in my mind that some of the, the comments and whatnot uh, probably got to him, uh, you know, by way of rumors or maybe he checked his Twitter, whatever the case is. So it may have played a small factor, but um, I, I don't know. I think the writing may have just been on the wall for him.
0: Yeah, so, I'm, yeah. I, I hear you there. Uh, James Chang, as far as his offseason wish list, my biggest wish is that UTEP learns how to finish a fast break. Zay, how many times did UTEP miss an alley-oop this year?
2: We needed a counter for that. It
0: was way too many. Yeah, way too, way too many. Um, let's do this, guys. Let's uh, turn the page. Um, let's ask the big question that we talked about pre-broadcast. Uh, Where did the season go wrong, and who are the top five players that you want back? Um, As far as where the season went wrong, it's hard to point. right? I think that this year's UTEP men's basketball team, you could have pointed out different things. I think their uh, overtime loss to Rice on December 31st mixed with their loss against Louisiana Tech one week right after that, a four-game losing streak to really start off conference play. I think that's where the season went wrong. Just to kind of show you that they couldn't play or beat the best teams in the league, and they struggled against some of the, I guess, teams that they thought they were better than, and that was La Tech and Rice. I think that's where the season kind of went wrong. Midway point of the season, but just kind of deterred the confidence for this basketball team. Um, Zay, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I was at that Rice game. It was a crazy back and forth game, but that's kind of when you knew, right? They're not going to be able to, to, they went down 16 and I was kind of like, wow, like I didn't think this team was going to go on a drought for eight minutes, not the score. So I think that's where it went wrong. I think if Shamar Givens, you know, gets fouled on that layup against Kent State, I think this, I think this whole season is completely wow. different. I think this is a completely different team. Wow, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it. You know, it was a, it was a crazy game. That would have been a huge win for this team. Yeah, sort of a nice crowd. It didn't. It didn't happen that way. So you know, I think I think that Rice game really changed a lot of things.
0: If they had beat, uh, yeah, maybe that's the also the peak of UTEP too this year, uh, going toe to toe with Kent State and taking them to the wire. Sal, what do you think? Th-
1: that's what I had as my my kind of make it or break it point in the year was uh, the loss to Kent State because this is a game that was right in their wheelhouse. Yes. It, it, it couldn't get more. The uglier the game is, the better it is for UTEP. It can't get any more ugly uh, than a forty seven to forty six game. 47 to 46 (laughs) was right there. Obviously, Kent State a a solid basketball team, but if you want to be one of the better uh, mid-majors in the nation, you got to beat those teams, and and we kind of talk about what happened after that, right? A close loss against UAB. At that point, everybody's saying, you know that this team can compete with the likes of a Kent State, of a UAB. Then they go home uh, New Year's Eve, and they're taking on Rice, and they fall in overtime. Then they lose at Louisiana Tech, and UTSA win congratulations everybody does that but then after that it's kind of just a just a string of what the hell is going on the the loss to Rice in Rice a uh, heartbreaker for sure um, then they beat Charlotte FIU but I, I won't reel off every single game but uh, all of that followed by a five-game losing streak and, and we talk about the five-game uh, losing streak at home as well that ultimately uh, was representative going into the last home game of the year so it's um it's a lot that I could pick but if I could kind of say at what point um I don't want to say decided the fate but uh could kind of make you think where did it go wrong or what was the make it or break it point I think it was a loss to Kent State
0: yeah I think mm-hmm. so too I, I would boil it down to that one right there myself personally um now as far as the top five players you want back this is the this is always the fun one to do at the end of the year, uh, and I am rev- I am revising my list on the fly, guys. No. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I had an on the fringe player. I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and reel off my uh, my five real quick, and then you guys can do the same, and then we'll react to everybody's. Um, I have Tay Hardy in mine now. After hearing Joe Golding talk about him and and thinking about it, um. Tay Hardy, you can make the arguments for and against him. The arguments for him is he was UTEP's leading scorer this year. He was UTEP's uh, consistent, reliable scoring option when they really didn't have a single option other than him. Um, Tay Hardy, the cons to him is that you want to maybe upgrade your position in your backcourt. You want to upgrade the shooting guard spot. My number one player I want back next year is Calvin Solomon. I think that this year he showed that, again, he is able to level up his play like he's done every single year since he was at Stephen F. Austin. He has one year of eligibility. Why not spend it with the minors? They cannot afford to lose him. On the flip side of this, if he ends up leaving and going to a Pac-12 school or a Big 12 school or a mid-major like a Big East school, uh, I think it's just going to make fans at UTEP pissed off like he's such a good talent and he's so raw at times he makes mistakes but you love him for the good stuff that he does he he was one of the best players tonight on the floor forget just on UTEP I thought he was one of the best players on the floor tonight just on his uh willing you know how he willed his team to victory there's pros and cons for Calvin Solomon too but I think the pros uh you know, really outweigh the the cons. My number two guy I want back from next year uh, is Otis Frazier, the third. I've seen it. I've just watched it. He has athleticism. This is really like his freshman year of playing because he didn't play at all in his first two seasons with George Mason. This year he actually gets extended minutes, and he starts in almost every single game for the minors. He was injured midway into the season, and then he came back from injury. He was not the same coming back from injury, and then he caught his stride again. Great defensively. Really does all the dirty work. Does things that do not appear in the stat sheet. Like today's game, he's not able to score. Well, so what does he do? He grabs eight rebounds. He dishes out two assists in this game. He's everywhere defensively, just flying. He has a steal, 21 minutes of action, and he sprained his ankle in this game as well. Otis Frazier, the uh, third. Yeah, he's the second guy I want back on this team in a big way. Now, as far as the guys I want to round out this group to come back for next year, it's Zarek Onyema, and it's Jonathan Dos Anjos. Those are the two right there that I want back for this uh, this UTEP squad. Zarek O'Nyema is getting better year after year. There is potential there. I get it. If you want to call out uh, his turnovers, if you want to call out the fact that Maybe he's a little challenged offensively at times. I get it. I get all of that. But if Zarek Onyema is your sixth man, he could be sixth man of the year in Conference USA next year. If he's starting for them next year, he could play 20 minutes and make a real difference on a contender in Conference USA. If Zarek Onyema is back next year, I expect him to also be expanding his game and shooting more uh, three-pointers like we saw this year. So I want him back, and I also uh, want Dos Anjos back. I don't think we saw it. We didn't see enough of it. And I want to see more of what he can bring to the table because I'm bought in on the player of Jonathan Dos Anjos in the long run being a stretch four, somebody who can shoot the three and hit the outside shots. Uh, The cons to Dos Anjos is the durability factor when it's all said and done. Uh, Sal, I'm going to pull the hot hand, and I'm going to dish it off to you. Give me your top five.
1: Yeah, my top five, uh, along with you, uh, you know, number one, Calvin Solomon. I think uh, you basically said it all, but if I could give my piece on it, uh, kind of embodies that that Joe Golding philosophy, right? You see the grittiness, you see the aggression, and um, an opportunist, the guy who's out there seeking opportunities, Every time he's on the floor, I think he embodies the, um, the the current culture of what UTEP basketball is. Number two, Zarek Onyema, obviously a fan favorite. Um, and out of everybody, I If you want to say most athletic, uh, that could be an option as well. But he's a guy who can provide highlight plays. I like that you mentioned the turnovers. That's definitely something that um, hasn't been pleasing, but he makes it up in in other areas. You know, people ask him to get big. And today gets nine total rebounds when it comes down to it. Foul trouble's been an issue pretty much all year. And it was in the first half this game. Don't get me wrong, but he finishes with three fouls to his credit. Um, Also gets an assist and a block. So you, you get that big play from him. Um, number three, we didn't even see a minute of this guy this year. And that's Jamal Sumlin.
0: Oh, he made your list. Jamal Sumlin made your
1: list. He made my list. Um, Red shirted this year, as as everybody knows, but from, uh, uh, from practices and I haven't been to one, but, um, you know, just from what I've heard of everybody who's gone out there and the way that the staff talks about him, um, you know, it kind of makes you want to uh want to expedite the process in a bit and and obviously me being foolish like lift the red shirt lift the red shirt yes um no this is a guy who's going to be worth the wait. um you know if if he's with them with the minors next year and in a minor uniform so that's who's on my list as well uh number four i have otis frazier i like the production that we did see um there's been inconsistencies and i think that's the case with everybody right but the good that you saw as you mentioned definitely outweighs the bad um you know the there were some great spots this year. And number five, I'm not selling my stock. I'm still in on Crypto Kev. Kevin Kalu, that is my number five.
0: So Kalu played great in this game 10 yeah. points. He was all over the glass as well. Seven rebounds. He contributed only 13 minutes of action. So he's very efficient in today's game. Calu mm-hmm. was all over. The, like he's playing as if he is like fighting for every minute he gets. I don't know if he's in the doghouse or if he has somebody something to prove or he wants to get film out there or what. He is playing like he has something to prove every single game throughout these uh, I would say past seven games or so. Mm-hmm. Uh really liked how he finished out the season. And I called him out at one point. I said it was out on Kalu, and I, I turned it I'm turning it around and saying that I like the way he finished out the season. It shows me that he's got that urgency with him and that he has that progression. And that he's willing to try to, you know, commit to getting better. Um, you know, you always hear about how he's like the hardest working player on this team as well. So that's good stuff. Good stuff, Sal. I like it. Uh, Zay, give me your top five. Yeah, my top five. It, it consists
2: of a lot of big men. I'm just gonna say that. Okay. okay? You want Number the front one, court back? Yeah, a lot. Number one, undisputed Calvin Sullivan. You know, I we need to have him back. It'd be huge to get him back. He he's. He's a Joe Golden player. I mean, he does all the dirty work that you need, you know, a guy to do for your team. He, he's in the passing lanes. He's out there diving for loose balls. He's running through other teams' huddles in the middle of the free throw. And he's just doing all the things that you need, you know, a guy to do. Uh, number two is going to be Zarek Onyema. And, um, uh... He's he's just continued to progress his offensive game. He's continuing to, to become, you know, one of the one of the better players on this team. He has the body and the athleticism to be one of the best players in conference, you would say. So Zarek Goniama is my number two. Number three, I'm gonna go with Otis Fraser. Like you said, you know, at before the injury, uh, the first injury early in the season, I thought Otis Fraser was the best player on this team. I mean, he was so aggressive, he was taking it to the rim, he was hitting some shots, and uh I need him back, right? You just need him to get, you know, healthy Get that aggressiveness back, and I feel like he can easily be one of the better players in conference. he would say number four, Jonathan Jonathan Dosanjos. You know he's a stretch four. He he's exactly what you need. He's a shooter, and uh, he's banged up this whole year. But when he was healthy, and we saw you know down the stretch when he was fully healthy, he could be a really you know important asset to a team that can. He won them a game,
0: yeah, this year against UTSA. UTSA, He won them that game single handedly on the road.
2: Yeah, I mean he 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 can play he can play big time minutes on a team that's competing for a conference uh, championship. And number five is Kevin Kalu. You know, there was times where I was like, "Wow, like this is this is rough for him." But he's really you know he's out there. He's giving it his all, time in and time out. You know, even though there's sometimes you know he's making some questionable plays. I just found out that Kevin Kalu, like barely started playing basketball. Like I didn't yes. know that. I didn't. Mm. You know, he he's really raw you can see the potential, especially on the defensive end, you know, on those ball screens, defending the ball screens. You know, Shamar Givens said it. He's one of the best players to defend uh, ball screens on that hedge that UTEP runs. So it's. It, I'd like to have those five players back, you know. And um, the guard play, I can understand someone saying, hey, Tay Hardy should be back. I can understand it, right? He can score. At a high level, but it's yes. just it's not consistent. It's not consistent at times, and you need consistency from that uh, from that two guard.
0: Well, I would say this: it does take consistency to be your team's leading scorer. So Hardy, and and the other thing is maybe it's not the issue of whether you have a guy like him back, but maybe you look deeper among some of the other guards and say, what do you do with Malik Zachary, or what do you do with Carlos Lemus, what do you do with Jamari Sibley, and, and things like that. Uh, the other one that I'm curious the the fact that no one brought him up. Derek Hamilton. He was a fan favorite in by mid-year of this season, and then at the end of the season he was kind of phased out, didn't really play much at all. I mean, really didn't play much mid-year, but still it was a spark off the bench and kind of gave UTEP a little bit of an edge, but not one of us mentioned uh, Derek Hamilton among our group. Uh, let's do this. Let's keep things moving on the phone lines right now. We just gave off our uh, wish list for the off season. We'd like to hear from you, 915 505 Nine. We've got Hunter and then Sarah who are joining us on the show. We'll start off with Hunter first since he was, he's was he been patiently waiting while we've been doing this segment. Hunter, good evening. We're wrapping up the season, man. What's going on?
8: Hey, good riddance. Worst season in a while, man. I couldn't wait to get it over. Hey, I, Just, uh, what,
0: are you actually looking forward to football season, Hunter? Did this, season, did this basketball not, season make you uh, look forward to football season?
8: Let's not get carried away. Uh, now, we're, now we're talking crazy I'm looking forward to next basketball season Okay <laughs> Football come on man It's comedy hour now uh, No man I mean Did you all really expect any different from today? This was the season
0: No it was, it was exactly This game it embodied the entire season right here
8: and, and I'll tell you The UTEP athletic staff Is breathing a sigh of relief They were ready for it to be over Uh, I'm sure some of the players and definitely the coach, they're ready to turn the page. I don't know if it was just, you know, a combination of things uh, this go around, but it just, this this season wasn't meant to be, but, uh, you know, uh, man, Zay for being such a young guy, man, that guy knows what he's looking for. And, uh, (laughs) And and what to look for in players, man. I got to give him some credit, man. It's pretty good. I like I like what he's seeing and, and his analysis and stuff. Dude, he's really sixteen good. years old. That's crazy, it, especially for someone that's never known a successful UTEP basketball program <laughs> in his lifetime.
6: Exactly. You know what I
8: mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, incredible. Uh, but you guys hit. You guys stole my thunder there right at the end because you said nobody's mentioned Derek Hamilton, uh, and I was going to tell you, you guys are going to think I'm crazy. But in the top five wish lists for me are all three bigs. Uh, they each bring something different to the table. That if I, I think if if they all improve, it'll be a fight for playing time next year. Zarek, uh, you know, still looks like it's the first time he's ever touched the basketball. Every single time, uh, but unbelievable athleticism for a big man. If they can teach him how to play basketball, he could be special. Kalou, uh, I've been telling you guys the whole time. He's look at the minutes, look at the productivity per minute, specifically with his rebounds. He is a rebounding machine, and that is what you want in a big man. And today he plays 13 minutes and scores in double figures. I mean, put that even to playing half the game, and he's probably going to get a double double. And he would have done that all season. He never got the opportunity. I don't know why. And he's, you know, unfortunately he's not going to come back. I don't, I don't know what it is, but Golding didn't give him that chance, because if he plays 20 minutes a game, guarantee you he averages a double-double. It's not even close. It's like F.E.O.D.G. when Terry just didn't like him for some reason. You know, every coach just has that player, and it's unfortunate, and I'll wish him well wherever he goes. And Derek Hamilton's a basketball player. He's the only one out of the three that actually knows how to play basketball. He just has to lose about 60 pounds, and he'll be there uh, dominating like the rest of them. So, He's got great footwork, great energy. I, I love what he brings. So if they bring all three of them back with Calvin Solomon, I'm supporting again next year. I mean that's 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 a no brainer for me.
0: Yeah. Okay. I I like it, Hunter. Uh, let me ask you this: Where did uh, the season go wrong? Without I, I guess without uh, a smart Alec answer, like where did it actually go wrong for you?
8: It <laughs> <laughs> went wrong last off season. What do you mean? I mean it's not a smart Alec answer. They brought in the wrong players. <laughs> It goes wrong when you're the least talented team in the conference. What are you supposed to do with it? I mean, this is the result of that, and that's not a smart-aleck response. When you lose your best recruiter and you bring in JUCO and low-level college players to compete in at least a close-to-average league, they're going to lose. And that's exactly what we saw, the better talent won night in and night out. And it's not a knock on Golding's coaching, but it is a knock on him running a program because these are his players. So the season went wrong with subpar talent. Now, like I told you all, we're going to see what their priorities are. If he, if he gets rid of a couple of assistants and brings in some good, good assistants that know how to evaluate and develop talent, all right, they're committed to winning. If this coaching staff stays the exact same, which I'd be shocked, there will be at least one move there normally is. It has to be, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and I I'm looking at Boykin's probably unfortunately. Uh I I doubt Spriggs goes anywhere and I doubt Cox goes anywhere. But uh Boykin's if, if I had to pick one would probably be out, but he's he's got to replace it with a with a proven recruiter and a good evaluator of talent. And if you step up that talent level and you can do it internally, you work those bigs, keep Solomon and you got to bring in another Omar Thomas type player and an, another Philly Rivera a a true point and a true score and add that to that core. That's what will change things around for next year. Give them some, some horses to run these races with. That's what they need. I mean, bottom
0: line. And I, and they also need uh, this uh, NIL collective to really take off here in the summer so they can go out and get some players and be competitive when it comes to NIL and the transfer portal landscape. So, We'll see. We'll see, Hunter. Um, any predictions, any kind of thoughts, final parting thoughts that you want to give out there? Um, maybe hot takes or whatever it might be. And I wasn't calling you a smart aleck, by the way. I, I, I love your your takes. I was just expecting something like that. And you gave it to me as far as uh, talking about the offseason being where where the season went wrong. Any thoughts or predictions for this offseason from you?
8: Well, I'll tell you this. You'll always know what you're going to get from me, man. There's no surprises. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll get a, a bit of a coaching change. I mean, Golding knows next year's. I, I really think next year is make it or break it. Everybody thinks he's got some grand plan, but that's just not college basketball. College basketball will be year to year because of the NIL stuff. Yeah. So he knows what he needs to do for next year. He's going to, you know, try his best to make it happen. I'm still – I. I I'm still baffled. I really don't think he knows how to evaluate talent because he's got the wrong players even on his team that are on the court versus other players. But he knows he's going to try his best to bring in those players, and they really need a Omar Thomas and a Philly Rivera. That is the only way they're going to improve. But on that note, man, uh, you guys really make this season, man. I know you got long nights and uh, and sticking around after all these games makes for long days, man, so I appreciate all three of you. Uh, hopefully all three of you are back for next year also. And, and Zay with another year under his belt, you don't want to know how old I was when that 2010 team, I was, I was only enough for Tim Hardaway and all them. So I envy him. Wait, amazing. wait, where were you?
0: Where were you though? Give us, where were you, uh, for that last tournament game?
8: You know what, man? I was already in my career, and I I missed the majority of that Aww. season, and and I actually only got to watch the first half of that Butler game,
2: Aww, and then man. so I had to
8: turn it off, thinking like, "Hey, we're gonna win that game," and uh, you know, it comes back, and I I wondered where the wheels fell off, you know what I mean? But uh, I I, I only caught bits and pieces of that really talented team, but uh, I remember uh, '92. I remember Gillespie's second season, Sadler's first.
0: Sorry, and, uh, sorry. I re-
8: sure. What's that?
0: Oh, no, go- keep going on your <laughs> side. Uh,
8: no, man, but uh, Golding, I'm going to put him right up there with the better coaches we've had. He's a better coach than Barbie. He's a better coach than Floyd, which says a lot. He's definitely a better coach than Terry. He just has to bring in the right players to to get him where he needs to be so thank you all for what you've done this season and look forward to it next season
0: hey appreciate it Hunter thanks for weighing in on the show I apologize for that Um, it was uh, our hard ETM computer that said hey minor talk is over right Uh, you guys would definitely not be going on this long Uh, but yeah we are going on this long so I appreciate it Hunter thanks for everything you do for us here on the show and thanks for weighing in all season long especially throughout this basketball season let's uh, pause 10 seconds for station identification You're listening to Minor Talk, brought to you by the Oscar IDFA Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. 505-6009 is our telephone number here on the show as we continue, 915-505-6009 as we continue. If you've been trying to get in on the show Give us a call again uh, here with us as we continue and try to wind this one up here on the show. 915-505-6009. Uh, this coming for Babe Laufenberg. We are ready to jump out and ask Coach if he needed some help. Miners fire on Miners were on fire early. Western Kentucky was just a little more athletic. UTEP played it hard, and UTEP men's basketball had a heck of a coach in Joe Golding. That's coming. From our good friend, Babe Laufenberg, friend of the program, who is with TCU head coach Sonny Dykes, who is uh, Joe Golding's brother-in-law. As we wind things down here on the show, I'm going to reel off a couple other things that I just wrote down here. Um, Conference USA, a one-bid league, question mark? Um, we were talking about this off air. I guess we got to open up the can of worms, guys. You all both believe that if Florida Atlantic loses at one point in the conference tournament, they will still go into the NCAA tournament, and Conference USA will have two teams in this in the tournament. Yeah.
1: Definitely. I think their resume is impressive enough. Uh, oddly, I-, I said this, so I'm a little bit of a hypocrite, but a couple of weeks ago, I was like, uh, and I don't know the records. It's just a s- random scenario. But for whatever reason, if there's like an 18 and 14 LSU team, th- it looks sexier, so to speak. But no, I, I think the resume is there. They've been in the top 25 multiple times this year. Um, The only way I could see them not making it as an at-large if they bow out in the CUSA tournament is if they lose tomorrow in a complete rout, but that's not going to happen. I think CUSA this year could be a two-big league, but that's only going to happen if FAU doesn't win the, the championship.
2: Zay? Yeah, I'm I'm with Sal, man. Let's go. Two bits USA. I mean, come on. Florida, it's not happening. Florida
1: Atlantic <laughs> It's going to happen.
2: Unless they get destroyed tomorrow, like unless Western Kentucky goes in and beats them by like 20, it's happening. I mean, they have a win over Florida, a nice win over Bryant, and you know, they swept North Texas. I mean, that's mm. that's tough to do. A lot of teams don't do that. You know, the committee's going to see that. You know, they dropped 101, 103 over Rice and, you know, They're they're just too good
0: to keep them out. They're
2: too good to keep them
0: out. Oh, man. You all are eternal optimists when it comes to CUSA. What has Conference USA taught us? It's taught us that this league is not valued by the masses uh, out there in college basketball. What's going to happen if Florida Atlantic loses, it could be to North Texas. It could be to UAB. It could be in the championship. It could be in four overtimes. They will not get in the tournament. I, there's nothing you all can wow. say to convince me. They will not get – Conference USA is, and it will forever be a one-bid league, regardless of uh, what team was ranked or whatever. This is still a one-bid league. This is still Conference USA. Uh, regardless, I'm if I had to pick a winner to come out of CUSA right now to go represent Conference USA or to just win the tournament – I'm picking UAB. That's my final pick today, guys. Uh, any thoughts on final picks for Conference USA Tournament? Uh, we'll go with you first, Sal. Uh,
1: picks? Oh, man, that's going to be tough. Uh, you know what? I think I am going to go UAB as nice. well. Nice. Okay. I, I, everybody Aside from Western Kentucky, I think on paper, they have the 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 clear cut most talented team um, roster wise. Obviously, the game's a, a whole lot different. It's not played on paper, but assuming that everybody's clicking, uh, you know, on all cylinders. That being Trey Jamison, who's a tremendous uh, defensive player. Gaines is is out there doing his thing, and then of course a very mad Jelly Walker, who I think should have been. Uh, the unanimous back-to-back conference USA Player of the Year. Now they got something to play for. Their season's on the line. I and I can't wait for the inevitable North Texas UAB rematch. Yes, uh, that's coming up. But I think if they're clicking on all cylinders, also led by one of the top coaches in conference USA, being Andy Kennedy, one of the top UAB players of all time too. Um, I, I think they could make that run. So. Punch it! Two bid league, UAB are the champions, <laughs> and um, FAU the automatic qualifier. I'm all in.
0: Zay, you're winner to win conference. USA, North
2: Texas. Give okay, me North, give me Grant McCaslin, mm. North Texas future Texas like, Tech coach. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about Grandma McCaslin, you know, a lot on this show. But hey, I'm I'm going with with the mean green. I think they're just too deep. I think they're 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 uh. Play style, you know, this is the time where it really comes out and starts to hurt teams down the stretch when they're tired and and you need a rest. But no, this team does not stop. They're a good defending team. I think Tyler Perry, player of the year, I think they take it.
0: Okay. North Mm -hmm. Texas for uh, Zay. Uh, Sal and I will go with UAB. Uh, Let's go back to the phones right now. 915-505-6009. Sarah is with us here on the show. Sarah, good evening. What's going on?
6: Good. Uh, I, I'm glad to be calling in today,
0: Sarah. Because we've been we've been trying to get now. you I on like with having... us. We we've been waiting for you to to call in with us and hang on. And uh, we're happy that you're finally with us. What's what's on your mind?
6: Um, just wanted to to give you guys my um uh, my top people that I would love to see come back next year.
0: All right, let's do it. I would love to hear it.
6: I, I heard you guys talking about that, so. Okay, so I don't think we got a chance to see Malik Zach play much. But it seemed to me that he, he provided a big spark when he came in. Um, and he did a good job passing the ball around. Um, I think that we need to bring in a pass forward point guard, a real leader. Uh, I'm looking forward to who he's going to bring in next year to play point guard. Um, like you guys said, we need guards um calvin solomon of course you know he's absolutely aggressive so i i love his style of play me too um i, I kind of want to see us be able to do more fast breaking next year as well as be able to set up some picks for our um, shooting guard um i feel like hardy uh, didn't get enough credit this year. I think he made a lot of his points on his own. I think he played a hell of a defense the whole game. I think it's very difficult to play defense that hard and still have to perform on offense. So, I
0: agree. Uh, I hey, would I would say this. You exert a lot yeah, of energy defensively. Much. If you exert all that energy defensively, then you don't have it yeah, on the offense.
6: He can set up a pick as well as a screen. So that he's able to uh, shoot, you know. I feel like he definitely has the ability to do that. Um, I also, I can't hear you guys if you guys are talking <laughs> for some reason. All good, but, no yeah, problem. I absolutely I know what love Otis Fraser's game. Um, he's aggressive. Uh, I w- I want to see more of Otis actually, and I um and then I think I said four people so far, so. Um, I love Derrick Hamilton. Um, I want to see him get developed. And Oyama as well. I can't absolutely not forget Oyama. So I I think we have a good core, uh, but we do need a a pass first point guard, a real leader on the court. Okay. I
0: I like it, Sarah. Uh, Good stuff by you. Great analysis on all those players right there. Uh, How will you remember this season?
6: Um, I will remember them as like you guys said, brand new team, all of them playing against playing with each other for the first time. Um, I will remember them as probably a develop, a team that needed more development. A team that probably needed um not taken away from Shamar, like I said, with a, a leader. Okay, Deal.
0: I-, I got you. All right. Well, hey, Sarah, I really appreciate you rocking with us all season long and really appreciate you calling in with us here on the show. You have a great evening, okay? All right, Sarah, joining us here on the show as we continue and we wind things down. Uh, other other things, just talking points, guys. Uh, R.I.P. Frisco and Conference USA Tournament. Uh, next year, they're putting out the bid for uh, any university out there in Conference USA to actually put out the bid and host the Conference USA Tournament. Mm. What about El Paso? Have El Paso host the Conference USA Tournament. Zay's getting fired up about that. I, uh, You know how much I'd love to just, just for for three days
2: straight, just watch like twenty college basketball games. I mean that's perfect. That that's amazing. Men and women's college basketball. I mean that's that is a dream.
0: If we were watching a good conference I would say it was a dream. <laughs> I'm sorry, Zay. <laughs> I'm a sicko. Uh, I'm a, I'm yes. a part of the you, sickos you're, committee. You're part of the <laughs> sickos committee who loves mid major hoops and mediocre ho- hoops and stuff like that. But uh, I'll, no, nah, I'm, and I'll, I'll joking aside. Um, as far as USA Tournament, you probably lean to the teams who have a lot of money, your liberties of the world who have a lot of money for athletics. You tap athletics uh, to shell, shell out that kind of money to bid on a conference USA Tournament. Which, by the way, not sure if anybody would actually care about Louisiana Tech versus Florida International Mm -hmm. in the 7th versus 10th seed matchup. I mean, it's hard to draw fans.
1: It's hard to draw fans, but you know what, though? I, I... There's two things that I'm thinking of, and instead of kind of like the bid, I'm not too much a fan of it. Um, I don't know. I guess it's because I like these other two ideas more. One being uh, kind of like in football, right? Whoever's leading, uh, whoever finishes as the, the number one seed in the regular season should host. I think it should come down to that or just one place. And if you have to pick one of the most popular cities in all of remaining Conference USA, do it in Miami.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that. Where Florida okay.
1: International is. I was,
0: I was thinking of all the uh, schools <laughs> in my head. I'm like, I'm all Sam Houston State? Where are like, they?
1: are I, they in Austin? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't know where this team is at. Uh, let's take a look here. Uh, I know Liberty is in, uh, what is it, uh, Virginia. I'm trying to find out where Kennesaw State is. But if if they win. Well, wait. The, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta. Okay, Atlanta. Okay, then there I like it is. That. Okay, no. I, I take it all back. Forget Miami. Go to Atlanta.
0: I like it. Uh, Jacksonville? We can go to Jacksonville. Alabama, by the way. They're not in Jacksonville Florida. It's Jacksonville, Alabama for who,
1: Jacksonville State University. Who else, man? I, it, it's hard to look at it city-wise, and I'm saying this. And oh, I never, you're not going to Ruston. You're never not going been to Bowling to places, Green. So, yeah, I don't know what I mean here. But, yeah, either Atlanta or... Or Miami. Who, what, what if the bid's like
0: $3 to host the conference tournament? What if it's like the, the CSA puts out the bid and it's like, uh, crickets. No one wants to actually bid for this tournament because they're like, yeah, this is going to be a loss for us if we end up doing something like that. But, uh, oh man, we're having way too much fun here, guys. I, I just don't want to end the show. This is it. This is it for us. Then we're in hibernation and then we're done for a while. Um, i I don't know what else to do other than say uh let's let's get to some awards and let's wrap this one up um and and kind of give our off season final thoughts. Uh, let's first start off with our hot hand of the game. This is presented by Wind Supply El Paso. Can't thank Wind Supply El Paso enough for for uh, hanging with us all season long here with Minor Talk. Uh, let's start off with our hot hand of the game. And this one goes to Tay Hardy, which, by the way, Sarah mentioned didn't get enough credit. Well, I'll give him a lot of credit in the first half for what he was able to do. Four three-pointers. He had four, uh, 12 points in the first half, finished the game with 16 points. Also contributed with four assists, two rebounds, and played 40 minutes of action. Tay Hardy, our hot hand of the game, presented by Wind Supply El Paso. They are the local provider of champion heating and cooling systems here in the area, and they also carry many HVAC products and parts. Check them out online, windsupplyelpaso.com, or call them, 915 856 with wind supply, El Paso. Now it's time for our player of the game. This is brought to you by Keith Southwest. Uh, This one has to go to the man who helped UTEP out in the final stretch of the game, Calvin Solomon. 8 of 15 shooting, 18 points, career high for Calvin Solomon. 8 rebounds, 3 turnovers, 32 minutes of action, but also chipped in with a steal in this game. Was UTEP's most efficient player out of this one, Calvin Solomon, earning the Player of the Game Award, brought to you by Keats Southwest. They are the leading industry uh, in precision metal stamping since 1958 with locations all across the U.S. and in Mexico. Learn more about Keats Southwest online today, keatssw.com, and call them 915-599-2950 for Keats Southwest. Uh, Zay, we'll wrap it up with you and Sal Thank you all so much for all both you guys do here for us on Minor Talk. Zay, give me your off-season prediction. What is it that you want to see from this UTEP basketball team, and where will we find this UTEP men's basketball team when we tip off next year's season? (sighs) Okay, well...
2: You know, first things first, you got to get a couple scores. You got to get a guy, that, that prize transfer, right, that guy that can drop, you know, 20 points a game on any given night. You need that. That has to be priority number one. Priority number two has to be bringing back guys like Calvin Solomon, Zarek onyama the guys that we kind of – You know the guys that you can try and bring back. You know, sell it to them. Hey, you're gonna come back. You're gonna have a bigger role. This and that. Number three, you got to get a couple shooters, three and D wings. You know, I know those are hard to find, but hey, you got to go out there. You got to do it. You know, if a guy like Deuce Turner, who you recruited, he came on a visit last year. If he hits the portal, you got to be the first one in his phone. I like it. Good name. And uh, beyond that, you got to have some depth, some guard depth. You know, you talked about it. Um, it's hard to sell backup point guard, right? It's hard to sell that. So you got to try and bring back guys like Malik Zachary, you know, guys who can't play that role, understand the role, and play it to the to the best uh, that they can. And I think if you do that, I think UTEP can possibly be a contender next year in Conference USA.
1: Sal, your off-season thoughts? Um, it'll be interesting to see what the turnover is like. I, obviously, that's going to play a big part in in the actions ahead, uh, but also, too, what are they going to be proactive in doing, um, not only to keep guys here, but to, to get guys um, over to UTEP and, and make it an attractive place? Um, as as they mentioned, like whoever hits the transfer portal first, um, are you going to be one of the quickest ones In their phones Blowing them up To see if they can come over I'm real interested To see how the recruiting Shapes up And um, as far as staff wise It's it's tough to call I I really don't know But if I had to make Some form of a prediction Not to take any spots Away from any other guys No disrespect Maybe there's a new spot That opens up But um, I'd be interested To see if there's A former minor on the staff In in any type of capacity Ooh okay
0: I like it I mean I don't know why
1: I think it would be fun This is just an idea But um, who knows Maybe it was in the works already (laughs) sure Whatever.
0: I like it. I think that's an interesting and prediction and something that would make fans really excited. Um, let's go to Twitter, and then we'll wrap it up. Well, real quick, I just want to say thanks to everybody who listened to us all season long. Thanks to everybody who downloaded our podcast or listened to us live, called in, tweeted us, whatever it is. We really appreciate all our listeners. And make sure you follow Minor Talk Podcast wherever you get your podcasts on demand. We'll do off-season work as well. We'll do some like interviews with players, coaches, whatever it might be, Minor Talk On on-demand, wherever you get your podcasts. Brandon Cox tweets the show, the team fought hard all year, just can't close games. Get out on the recruiting trail and get some talent. Coach Joe Golding picks up. Minor Eddie Mac Ed McDonald, tweets the show, thank you all so much for everything. You all do a great job. You always make it a pleasure to follow UTEP Sports. Pick passionate coming from Ed. Jonathan Byers, UTEP's going to need to bring in some good free agents this offseason. Let's get (laughs) it. I like it. Good stuff, Jonathan Byers. Uh, The final tweet, and it's only fitting we go with Joe Jacone to wrap it up. Uh, I think we wrap up the season with Joe Jacone every year. Can't wait until the next minor talk. Hashtag wife is a -a soon-to-be-a-UTEP alumni with her master's in education. Hashtag super proud husband. Hashtag see you in May. Hashtag repping from Colorado now from Joe Chacone. Appreciate it, Joe. Appreciate everybody listening on the show. And that'll do it for us here. One last time Minor Talk is uh, over for this season. Pre- appreciate the Oscar Arieta Agency for sponsoring us here on the show. Appreciate you, Tabze. Sal Montes. And I'm Adrian Bratis. We're signing off tonight. So long. And thank you so much for listening to Minor Talk brought to you by the Oscar Arieta Agency right here. On 600 ESPN El Paso.